0: To another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cajalillo, and before we get started, I want to thank all my listeners for listening, and also thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producers, Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, Ms. Aida, psychic and author of Hoodoo Cleansing Protection Magic, binaural production engineer, Damian Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, and monthly co-host, Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. If you are interested in contributing to this podcast, go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com and you'll find everything you need there. And now, without further ado, our guest for today is Rob Shelsky. Rob, how are you today? I'm doing fine, how about you? I'm doing pretty good. So what's on your mind?
1: Um, Right now what's on my mind is um, you know, not much. (laughs) My (laughs) mind's a bit of a blank. Uh, (laughs) I um, I have one question. I've been on a lot of radio shows and podcasts. And what makes you guys do it? I mean, I'm looking at your microphone and Mm -hmm. it's huge. That thing's got to have cost you a small fortune. And Mm -hmm. So you're investing a good deal of money, time, and effort into these things, and you're not the only one. There's a lot of them doing it, and uh, I'm just curious: what is the motivation for it? Is it like to make money eventually, or I mean, or I do make a- I
0: do make money. It, it it does pay for it's paid for itself. I do make profit off of what I'm doing. Um, I mean, you know, for me, I'm fortunate. Uh, I mean, I'm like the king of podcasting. I'm in the top two percent on Apple, um, so I'm just killing it.
1: Um, well, yeah, you're doing very well, yeah.
0: But but what motiv- so so what, but what motivates me is to put out non-biased content, so people can make their own decisions. They can listen to something, gather the information, experiment if they want to, not experiment if they want to, and, and draw their own conclusions without having to listen to something like Fox News or MSNBC or CNN that's all trying to drive particular agendas or any type of media network, essentially. You
1: think think you're you're totally free of bias in that regard?
0: I mean, can anybody be totally free of it? No. No, I can't be. However, I can have that intention. And my listeners can think for themselves. I don't expect them to agree with me. I don't want them to agree with me.
1: Well, in my books, I always leave it up to the reader to decide on the information that I give them. Mm -hmm. But I have to be honest. I already have my biases when I write the book. or I wouldn't have written the book in the first place. And so I gently try to lead them in that direction. I don't force them, but I do... I'm not completely free of bias. I mean, if someone says to me, do you think aliens are really demons and agents of the devil? No, absolutely not. So am I biased? Yeah, I'm biased. I'm biased against that sort of thing, for instance. Mm -hmm. Sure.
0: um, We're all biased. But the, um, you know, I I think it's the intent. You know, it's the intent to give people the information and let them decide for themselves. And I tell them, awesome, don't listen to me. (laughs) It's well, a, you
1: know the old uh, euphemism about the road to hell being paved with good intentions. <laughs> well,
0: hmm.
1: Have you ever heard that? <laughs> I have heard
0: that. But, yeah. but maybe hell is not so bad. you know, I mean, If I honestly had a choice of floating on a cloud with angels and harps or being in a pit of fire that's like a raging orgy, I'm going for the orgy.
1: Yeah, actually so am I. Not only that, but I think anyone of any real interest is probably in hell. If you go by, you know, what most (laughs) religious say. So I'd rather be I'm like you, I don't want to be sitting on some pearly white cloud strumming a harp and singing praises for eternity. I mean that to me kind of would be hell. So yeah, I wouldn't
0: mind It makes you think though, like which one really is hell then, right?
2: (laughs)
1: Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of movies and shows have been done on what hell is, you know. But uh, uh, did you ever see the TV series? I think it's on, was it, yeah, it's Netflix called, uh, I think it's called, the, was it The Good Life? Oh, The Good Place, The Good Place. Did you ever see that?
0: No, I haven't.
1: Oh, that is one heck of a series. I think it's a little intellectual for some people. And, but they did have, I think, three full seasons. And it's something you really ought to watch because it, it's all about heaven and hell. And this one young woman dies prematurely and goes to what she thinks is the good place. And it turns out it's really the bad place. disguised as the good place. But Ted Danson's in it and uh, quite a few people. And you, they discuss Nietzsche and all sorts of philosophies hmm. and philosophers. And uh, it's a really good, fun show. You might like it. Try watching
0: it. Yeah, Do you have Netflix? Yeah, I have Netflix.
1: Yeah, The Good Place, I think it's called. Yeah,
0: I'll check that it's, out. Uh,
1: Give it a couple episodes to build. You know, it's one. Of, it's not one of these shows where you're, it usually hits the ground running. It's, um, Although it's not bad. I mean, the first episode intrigued me enough to want to keep watching it. So I have a feeling you might like it since we seem to be similarly minded in that regard. Yeah. Now, you asked me what was on my mind. I don't know why, but for some reason, for the last few weeks, it's been all about UFOs and Tip and all that sort of thing. Uh, and also, um, it got me to start writing a new book. A new one? In the book. Yeah, a new one. <laughs> wow. Well, for, book coming the for book the
0: guy book. who writes like 10 books a year.
1: <laughs> I know, it's like nothing new, right? <laughs> well, this one has a neat title. I stole it from a uh, old 1950s movie, Earth versus the Flying Saucers. Did you mm-hmm. ever
2: see it? It was a Lionhead
1: movie where the aliens warn humans, it says, look to your sky for warning. Look to your skies for warning. That's the title of the book. Because um, that's kind of what I've been thinking. I think the question, well, it used to be, do you believe in UFOs? It's like, I don't believe in anything like that. It's I either have enough information to assume it's true or possibly true or not. I don't like beliefs. That's having faith in something which cannot be proven. I like things proven. Yeah. And I say that a lot because it's important to me. But UFOs exist. The U.S. government has said so. They call them uh, unidentified aerial phenomena, UAPs, but they are UFOs. It's just under a different name. They have released military film on it. They are not denying that these things exist, but they say two things. One, they have no reason to believe they're extraterrestrial, which is a load of, you know, and then they also say that, uh, well, I mean, they're not Russian and Chinese. I, I just posted an article on Facebook today where the scientist says the it's a new science that these things have, that these UFOs seem to be showing, new
0: physics. Yes, but they could be so, from Kazakhstan.
1: You think? Or maybe Armenia? <laughs> I think maybe Botswana. I'm not sure. Botswana. <laughs> But uh, I got to tell you, I mean, it's beyond us. It's, it's 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 it's. I'm pretty much up on physics. I'm pretty much on up on quantum physics, and it, there is nothing in all the articles I read daily about this that shows how this could be happening with the physics we understand. And that's a real uh, issue. And I don't think any other country is that far beyond us. If they were, they could wipe us out with a blink of an eye. I mean, anyone can invade our airspace, do anything they want to, and we can't do a thing to them. That would be perfect. Be so perfect so you think
0: happen. this is, this phenomenon is beyond human physics?
1: I think it is beyond current levels of human physics. I think if given enough time, we would get there too. But whatever this is, it's... Well, most of the scientists say that. I'm not, I'm not saying this. There was just another article the other day where... The physicist is saying that, um, the UAPs um, smack of, of new physics because nothing in normal physics explains it. It might be something to do with quantum gravity. It might be something to do with um, our standard model of the universe that it isn't as right as we think it and hope it is. It could be any of these things. But whatever these things are, they have overcome the ability to go from a stopped position to hypersonic speeds in an instant. They blink in and out of our reality. They appear and disappear. Either they're cloaking or they're literally phasing out of our reality. They um, speed so fast from a stopped position that anything inside them, instrumentation, any living organism, would be flattened. Any uh, organic matter would be liquefied. Any um, electronics would be utterly crushed. So somehow they have overcome inertia. We don't know how to do that at all. I do. How do you do that? Stick a pin in someone
0: hmm? and make them run? No, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I figured this all out. <laughs> oh, I got, you got the answers.
2: Well, i to the guru.
0: Huh? I, I do have the answers. Um, <laughs> all these things are possible. Like, like, like if you ask, ask all those questions again. Like, 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 what can go from here to there in a blink of an eye? What can blink in and out of existence? Um, you know, what could withstand like those gravity? You know those type of G-forces, you know what that one thing is?
1: God, an angel, the devil,
0: a demon. Consciousness. My thoughts. Consciousness. My, my Consciousness. thoughts operate just like a UFO. I'm blinking in and out of reality all the time. But you I'm going from here to there real quickly. Or round in circles endlessly. <laughs> yes. all the, All those things. Everything that a UFO you're, you're, does think, is going on in light. my head. It, 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 right. You don't think I, right. the I, speed of light. You don't know, think that the, the speed of thought is much faster than the speed of light. Have you, ever um, measured, have you ever measured the speed of your thoughts?
1: Actually, scientists have, and you don't think much faster than you speak.
0: No, That's I, what they've determined. Mm-mm. They're wrong.
1: So unless you're a real motor mouth, you're not thinking all that fast.
0: That they how people have uh, pre-cognitive experiences.
1: That's different. Now you're talking not about speed of thought, but you're talking about the non-local nature of consciousness, right. which is entirely
2: different. Well, mm-hmm.
0: are they? Not I, I mean, God, what's the difference between? I mean, our thoughts come from consciousness. So if we're pulling right. from consciousness, that's why I said that you know these UFOs are they're their they're consciousness. They're, you know, the one thing that can do what they do basically, well, is is consciousness.
1: Well, yes and no. They still seem to be bound by certain restrictions. They still have a very solid appearance to most of them. Mm -hmm. The Tic Tac is a really good example of that, clear shot of that. And that was a military, government military film released. Um, They can speed up at tremendous speeds, but they don't seem to be going at the speed of light. They seem to be bound by certain laws of nature, just as we are, except not all the laws of nature as we now understand Mm -hmm.
0: them. Right, so so, so So, you take You have limitations. You take consciousness, lower it down to a vibration where it becomes physical, and then it has to work within those physical limitations to some extent. However, once it raises, starts vibrating faster, it can just blink out and go back to doing whatever it was doing before.
1: And this is based on what?
0: I figured it out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, it's a nice thought experiment. But um, (laughs) actually consciousness may be involved, but the objects themselves seem to be of a physical nature. And that, I mean, they may be controlled Mm -hmm. by consciousness that's not in them. But even so, they do seem to be of a physical nature. Right, but there really is no physical
0: nature either. I mean everything. Yeah, no, everything that we perceive is that's as physical is really ninety nine percent empty.
1: No, you're speaking my own words back to me, aren't you?
0: I, indeed, <laughs> I am. That was our last.
1: That was our last <laughs> episode. <laughs> I've created a monster. Yeah. <laughs> it's alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yes, that's true. I'm not sure about the vibratory thing, although I don't discount it. String theory says that on the smallest level of existence, particles are really strings of energy that vibrate. So in a very real sense, if we're made up of small particles that are actually strings of vibrating energy, then everything is vibrations. Everything is frequencies. And, you know, so I'm not saying that these things couldn't be controlled by consciousness. I just don't think they are consciousness themselves. I can't see consciousness formulating a shape like a flying saucer over and over again. Why? I can't see consciousness uh, mm-hmm. condensing into a giant tic-tac. Right. Uh, I, I can't see it condensing into a pyramid or a triangle. Why? Well, that's, that's and why fine. Would have...
0: that, that makes sense. Then. I, kind of, I agree with you. However, there is nothing to prevent an advanced civilization from merging technology with consciousness.
1: Absolutely not. If you think back to 1952, was it? George Powell's movie, um, Forbidden Planet?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: It was a whole race of the Krell, whose entire civilization was based on non-instrumentality. It was by pure thought. And it was that pure thought that eventually killed them. They weren't even aware of their own subconscious, their id, the the dark, primeval side of themselves. So when the thing was killing them, they had no concept of what it could be. They had been civilized for a million years. So that was their uh failure so there's all these filters for civilizations apparently and apparently the Krell didn't survive one of them so but yeah it's um i think these things are physical in nature i think they do have cloaking capability there was a pilot over paris uh of a commercial jet main jet uh, i think it was air france and he the co-pilot the navigator and one flight attendant was in the cabin Saw a giant UFO over Paris uh, just below the clouds. This thing was so huge the diameter of this thing was circular like a flying saucer it was so huge it was a mile and a half. They estimate across now this thing was a mothership of major proportions, but as they watched it, it became translucent then transparent, and then just faded from sight completely. Was it really gone, or was it cloaked so these things do seem to have their limitations. They do seem to follow some of the natural laws. But any Aborigine from the uh, caveman days who looked at us now would think we had magic at her. I mean, I've got this I robot thing that turns itself on and off even when it's not supposed to. I do believe robotics are getting a little out of hand now. I think the rebellion's starting. Um, starting. <laughs> last night I was on a radio show, and I don't know why, but it fired up and they decided to want to clean the living room. So, uh, okay. and I don't think I had it scheduled for that. <laughs> but uh, so, you know, uh, Arthur C. Clarke said, it best, any advanced civilization would appear as magic to a lesser civilization." So, what you're talking about is metaphysical, but only it's only metaphysical because we don't understand the physics.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: And and metaphysics may eventually be rolled into physics. I mean, they do seem to be getting closer and closer together. When you think of some of the philosophies of the Far East, Buddhism, um, Hinduism, things like that, a lot of what physicists, especially quantum physicists, are saying now is very much that way. No, my concern isn't that UFOs exist. I think that's a done deal. Uh, As far as I'm concerned, the evidence is overwhelming. I agree. The question is, who are they? What are they doing here? And what do they want? And is that want a danger to us? And what, if anything, can we do if it is? This is what any self-respecting government who admits to UFOs would start to be thinking.
0: I can answer all those questions.
1: Don't say consciousness.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going on that yellow brick road again. (laughs) I think think one... Um, I don't think, I don't believe we're just dealing with one set of extraterrestrials. Um, and I, and I think that's one of the reasons why we have so many different experiences of the UFOs. Maybe some of the UFOs are conscious. Maybe some of them actually are physical aircraft. You know, maybe those are the, 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 you know, cultures that advanced in a different way. Um, and maybe they're cotton
1: candy that's become conscious and float around in the sky. I mean, they could maybe be anything. The probabilities are endless. Yes. But yes. That, that doesn't help us. What, what we need to find out is concrete information about who they are, why they're here, and what do they want. Whether it's a cotton candy consciousness or whether it's a, a mechanical robotic UFO. We have to find out what this is all about. Because... The government says yes, they exist, but they don't seem to be a danger to our airspace. And yet, ATip, the original program that was, uh, you know, investigating them, mm-hmm. the first word is not aviation; the first word is aerospace.
0: But aren't they from but Alpha Centauri?
1: Uh, Alpha Centauri, which one? A, B, or C? All no, those are oh, sun- I
0: forget. There's uh, one that's a. Isn't there one that's a binary star system?
1: Actually, it's a trinary, but the the two of the stars are closer. Oh, then maybe I got the wrong
0: wrong one. But I know they come from a binary (laughs) star system, some of them. Yeah. I I, I forget. It it was... um, Some have um, said Sirius. Betty, you know, Betty and Barney Hill. Betty, you know, they they told Betty where they came from.
1: Yeah, assuming Betty got it. Actually, they they told her and they gave her sort of a star map. Yeah. uh, But the star map... Or is it was didn't
2: have on it? Yeah, well
1: there was from. Sirius. Uh, that's the dog star, and that is the one that the Dogon tribe in Africa said that the uh, sky people came from.
0: That might be what I'm thinking.
1: Enough, yeah, not only that, but the Dogon people knew that there was an uh, it was a binary system
0: mm-hmm. and
1: yet we cannot see the the smaller star with the naked eye. It's amazing. And we're talking people living in mud-daub wattle huts. How did they know? These people did not have telescopes. We don't know. Uh, Some anthropologists theorized that the two anthropologists that investigated the Dagon and came up with this and um, said that they probably polluted the information, that they probably were the ones who gave it to them. Unfortunately, those two anthropologists did it at a time when we didn't even know it was a binary star system until several years after that all took place. And the two uh, anthropologists swear that they were very rigid in their approach to investigating these people and exploring them. They they said they didn't give them any of this information. They did not want to pollute the waters, so to speak. They wanted the information to be accurate, that mm-hmm. whatever was given to them was correct. And so we don't know how, but there's a great, big, thick book on it, and it's a very heavy reading. It uh, includes all sorts of formulas, but it's it's all about Sirius A and B and the Dovan. So, um, It's an interesting book to read
0: if you've got a year or two. (laughs) Well, see, you you two already answered the question, and you agree with me. That's where they've come. At least some of them have come from there.
1: Well, no, others others have claimed that they're from another system. Some from the Pleiades.
0: Well, it could be Uh, some could be from there too.
1: I mean, some say from Alpha Centauri. uh,
0: Some from there too.
1: But I think the star that they're talking about in Alpha Centauri is a red dwarf. And it's subject to a lot of flares, and the planet is too close for life to probably exist because it's being bathed in horrific radiation on a regular basis. Uh, there's another one, too, that the um, – I can't think of the, which star system it is. but um, So we don't know, actually, what star system they're from. Oh, it was um, – oh, I'm trying to think of his name. The uh, guy that was at the Area 51. Um,
0: Lazar? Bob something?
1: Well, yeah, Bob Lazar. Yeah. He said they were from another star system and that they even had a form of religion. Did you Did you happen to read that?
0: I, I did, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and that the religion was uh, basically that human beings were vessels. And he didn't elaborate, but that we were vessels, as in containers. Mm-hmm. Either that or they thought we looked like ships, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but Bob Lazar seemed to think they thought we were vessels for something. So, um, which is interesting? Vessels for what? Right away, everyone who's religious or quasi-religious thinks, "Oh, the soul." Mm, Not so sure. They didn't elaborate on it, and you know, they never—it was never was said what we were vessels for. So it could be a life force. It could be. Uh, containers for food. <laughs> Maybe they're camels. <cannibals. laughs> I don't know. Or <laughs> <We're> Tupperware. Or <laughs> Tupperware, yeah. Okay, well, here's a scenario. Say UFOs are real. Say we determine that they're inimical, that they present a clear and present danger. Say the government finally leaks out enough information that, yes, UFOs are real. Yes, they are extraterrestrial or interdimensional or whatever. And that they do abduct people. The impact on our lives would be incredible. Uh, when I was a kid, my parents didn't think anything of sending me to the little local grocery a couple blocks away to pick up cigarettes
2: <laughs>
1: or whatever they had. She ran out of butter or milk for the morning, you know, and uh, never thought anything about us being abducted. But can you imagine how, uh, how parents would behave with their children? They would never let them out of their sight. They would never let them out of doors. People would be afraid to go to and from work. They'd be afraid to go out at night anywhere for fear of being abducted. uh, All sorts of things. I mean, the ramifications would be horrendous.
0: Well, about one, I think, in a hundred people have had some type of contact with extraterrestrials. That's a pretty high percentage. Hmm
1: it's a high percentage i mean uh what is it one and a half million people claim to have been abducted the number of people disappear in america every year uh i estimated around fifty-five thousand. the fbi says 60 and those are people that are simply not accounted for Mm -hmm. not by murder not by spouses abducting the kids whatever this is outside of all of that people say oh yeah but that's probably just a parent stealing the child from the parent i said no that was accounted for in the uh, accounted for in the in their processing These are people who just vanish. Australia estimated that one year they lost 30,000. Alaska, over a period of about 12 years, 12 to 15 years, lost 7% of its population, the so-called Alaskan Triangle. So um, where are these people going and why aren't they coming back and why aren't they popping up at any other time or place? I mean, granted that people can be very good at starting a new life and changing who they are and blah, 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 but our Technology now with face recognition, fingerprints, you know, retinal scans, the whole bit. Sooner or later, our technology should be catching up with them and finding these people Mm -hmm. by sheer chance, if nothing else. They're not. Where are they going?
0: It's a good question. I would say there's probably two answers to that. One, um, they are being abducted and being used to colonize another planet, you know, or. Slave labor? Or just colonization, you know, a second Earth because we're wiping this one out. Or <coughs> there is a government program that's using them for some type of secret space program.
1: Well, it can't just be a government program. First of all, well,
0: I don't think it would have to be a global space. government.
1: Yeah, it would have to be global, and so, even so, United Nations, probably several hundred thousand worldwide a year. That must be one heck of a space force we've got out there. And I can't imagine how they would have the ships and the bases without someone seeing them with a telescope by sheer sure chance. Yeah, Stargates. The yeah. Teleporting them. Uh, and of course, there's a lot of explanations. Maybe they're abducted. Maybe they're they fell through a, a, a portal, an interdimensional doorway. Maybe it happens a lot more often than we realize. Maybe they fall into other times. All of this seems to be possible, and to some degree, even probable. Right. But my, my point is. If it were you, and you knew that aliens were real, UFOs were real, and that they were not our loving space brothers, and yes, there may be more than one alien, but that wouldn't change the scenario. Because if you think about it, uh, at a conference, uh, the Sky and Space Conference in Baltimore I did a couple years ago, uh, women seemed to be very prone to the space brother thing. At least they were in this audience, because I had about eight of them who were out to slash my throat. (laughs) (laughs) I had a cower behind the lectern. Uh, well, there are space brothers. How can you talk about it, my girl? You know, I'm, I'm literally. It was just at that level and to that degree. And um, I said, "Well, what do you think they are?" She said, "Well, maybe they're just so advanced that they think that to, we're just ants to them, and, and it's no big deal to step on us." I said, "Well, if they're that advanced and still loving people, I'm pretty advanced over an ant, and I try not to step on ants, not knowingly." Especially down here in the South, we have fire ants.
0: I hate but, um, those things. Me too.
1: So uh, if, if they're that advanced that they don't give a darn about us, then that's still a major problem for our future, isn't it? Now, if they are space brothers and another woman said, oh, yes, but they're, they're advanced and there are other races that are bad, but they won't interfere because they have a non-interference uh, policy like Star Trek. I said, well, that's just great. So when people are being abducted, tortured, and mutilated, their bodies thrown down by a reservoir in Sao Paulo, Brazil, Mm -hmm. cattle and sheep and everything are being mutilated and they're standing to one side because they don't want to interfere? Don't they also not want the other alien races to interfere with us? I mean, how are you in any way a benign, benevolent race if you're letting the people that you're supposedly watching over be abducted en masse and tortured and fundamentally uh, there are human rights completely abused and taken away utterly and then permanently disappeared? Where are they? You said maybe they're using to colonize another Earth because we're messing up this one. Mm-hmm. What bloody good would that be? If we messed up this planet, what makes you think we wouldn't mess up any other planet we were on? The, just then it, I mean, maybe that's what's it. been
0: going on. though. Maybe they just keep moving us. Why? To, to, to
1: filthy up another planet? Um,
0: to turn another planet so into a polluted cesspool? Maybe Maybe the pollution that we create is something of value.
1: Well, I wish they'd come over Greensboro once in a while and suck up the air here because <laughs> <laughs> it gets bad every once in a while. No, actually, where I live, it's not bad at all, but I can imagine living in Beijing would be pretty horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when they have that stagnant air problem they do in the winter. But, yeah, it's um, – so, okay, back to the scenario. We've got them. You're afraid. What do you do? What would you do to defend yourself and your family?
0: The first thing deal. I would do is I would try to strike a deal with these guys. Oh, you know, well, I would too. I, 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 I would, my I would my first thing, my thing would be authority. like, like, okay, let's make a deal. I'll give you one child if you let me keep two. That would be my deal. Like, say I have three children and they're coming down to do an abduction for, for whatever reason. Probably it could be any the of those scenarios man. we just talked about. Yeah. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to try to reason with them.
1: Well, see, I could do the same. I would just bow down before my new overlords and say, I, I will do your bidding. Would you like me to round up a bunch of humans and give them to you? As long as you leave me alone.
2: Oh, man. So,
1: so Well, you giving away your kids is hardly any better.
0: My <laughs> kid might have a better chance of space than on Earth.
1: <laughs> Not if they decided he was delicious in a savory gourmet tree. But, no,
0: uh, humans don't taste good
1: I hear they taste oh. like pork
0: pork? I don't know I've
1: heard that.
0: primates don't taste like... primates taste kind of gamey have you eaten
1: a lot of monkeys lately? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no it's just something I googled <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh well then it must be right <laughs> Every time you get into an argument somebody, say, well, "Where'd you get your information off the internet?" Oh, the internet. <laughs> I go, "Where did you get yours?" Oh, you know, from Fox News or whatever. But uh, it's like, yeah, that's that's more reliable. I mean, let's face it, no source of news is completely is unbiased, and completely free <laughs> of falsehoods. But again, so would you go hide in a bunker underground? Would you get one of those survival bunkers people buy and bury and then? They can live in them for a year or two, you know. No, today or... do Think about it. We have LiDAR. We have ground-penetrating radar. What makes you think an advanced alien race wouldn't have the same thing and only better? Yeah. What makes you think that would hide us? Right. That would hide us at all.
0: That makes sense, what you're saying.
1: So what do we do? Where do we go? How do we survive?
0: Got to deal with them. Got to compromise.
1: Like compromising with Hitler in Germany during World War II?
0: Or we just give up. We give up. Call it, a, a day. It's done for the human race, and and that happens. I think it's happened uh, before. It hasn't I'm, happened with us yet because we're still here. It's, I think it's happened on this planet before.
1: Oh yeah, Homo Neanderthal.
2: Yeah.
1: Also, we're Homo sapiens so, so, sapiens, but other uh, so so so.
0: So what makes us think that we're going to stick around forever?
1: Well, I don't think that we,
0: hmm. or or we even deserve think, to.
1: I don't think we would stick around forever. I think we would evolve up into something else. And it might be pure consciousness. It might be we merge with uh, robotics, AIs, and become something entirely else, something different. We may become, instead of Homo sapiens sapiens, we may become Homo sapiens superior. And the human race as we know it now might simply become extinct. And several futurologists say this could happen within the next 30 years. Our our, um, Science is advancing so quickly in that regard. So the days of Homo sapiens sapien are numbered. The days of Homo superior may be on the horizon, new dawn. But we have to live and survive long enough to be able to do that. And I'm sorry, but if someone's coming after to kill me, I would like to try to do something to save myself and my loved ones. I think mm-hmm. most people... That I don't think I just sit on my front lawn porch and say, oh, well, our day is done, la, 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 la.
0: (laughs) So you're you're just going to gather up humans for them? You're like, hey, I'll just work for you guys.
1: Well, not only would it help the human race survive as a whole because I'd be a human who's surviving, but it would be intellectually superior people who'd be surviving because I'm one of them.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) You're as bad as me now. You know that? The guy, yeah, yeah. the guy who calls himself the greatest <laughs> podcaster, and you're the most intellectually superior. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think most people would know we're joking. But, uh, but
1: uh, the truth is, that's what this new book is going to be about. Because the government knows UFOs exist. Now, the government's not stupid. They may have made an arrangement with them. There is evidence, some evidence, that there was a treaty done way back.
0: Eisenhower, right? The man.
1: early 50s under Eisenhower, right? And that mm-hmm. we are letting them take people. We're not giving them people, but we're letting them take people. In return, they're, we're being spoon-fed small amounts of technology, and that's why we're advancing so rapidly. That may be true may not be true. I don't know. But the thing here is, if the government's willing to give away its own citizens to protect itself and the, and the majority, actually morally speaking why is it worse if an individual were to do that with other human individuals
0: it's not i
1: wouldn't do it to be honest with you i'm not that kind of person
0: see i, I would, would I, like, I would give up my children know. you don't like children huh i'll give up two for one for two or <laughs> how many kids do of, i don't know man i've been around <laughs> yeah I, apparently I, i've lost <laughs> i've lost count <laughs> <laughs> actually, n- none that I know of. <laughs> There's probably some out there. Or many that you don't know of, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Um, you can't give
1: up so many that you wouldn't perpetuate the human race. You have to have at least two to replace you, and actually need a little bit more than two because not all children make it to adulthood. So you have to account for attrition, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you have to have slightly more than two children. You're going to have to have like 2.1 or 2.2 kids. Which is not easily mathematical to um, mathematically to to do. No. Uh, what do you do with that point two of a child? Keep them in a the freezer? Mm. Spare parts?
0: I mean. <laughs> Mine are probably in a paper towel. <laughs> 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 you left Ran me now. open for that one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh. <laughs>
0: I have to say, your
1: philosophy on human species is um, deplorable. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) uh, I I don't know. So what I think, and that's what this new book will be about, is if the government knows this, the government must have some kind of information, must be... I mean, it may be that they have this treaty and they're trying to play catch-up. They're getting this technology and trying to advance as fast as they can and keep the lid on things in the meantime and keep things sort of, quote-unquote, normal uh, so until we can reach the point where we can actually fight these creatures or whatever they are. And that that is a laudable outcome, especially if they have no control over the abductions. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could interfere. They could send helicopters and jets every time they try to abduct someone or a UFO spotted anywhere, anytime. But maybe they're just... Looking the other way, they certainly have been for decades. I mean for decades they denied the existence of them completely. Oh. Swamp gas, Venus, you know, the moon on a cloudy night. Those are the explanations Firefly trapped between two panes of glass in the windshield of a jetliner. It wasn't a UFO, it was a firefly.
2: Mm-hmm. A very
1: strong firefly to keep itself flying around at uh, forty thousand feet with no <laughs> oxygen <in> and <laughs> sub zero weather. <laughs> So, but if we know that these things exist and that there's potential dangers involved then why and maybe they are, is the government not taking some actions to protect itself and at least some of the populace and you must have heard about these massive underground bunkers the government's built in places like Arkansas where they even have sh- uh, shopping centers and uh, recreational and, uh, facilities and condos the whole bit oh yeah yeah so maybe they are, maybe this is what they're doing. Maybe they're they're trying to develop a way, but I'm not so sure how good that would work if these people have that kind of technology. Because if we can spot underground things with LIDAR and ground penetrating radar, why couldn't they? And better at it. Yeah, maybe they it should use be nuance interested. or Yeah. I mean if we can do it, they should be able to do it. Even if they and, didn't and, have again yeah, that's
0: that sort of brings me back to the idea of relocating through Stargates. You know, maybe we found some portals, created portals or found natural portals, and we're able to send people through. And maybe we're planning for some type of extraterrestrial invasion or or we're going to wipe this out or have an extinction event. And then all those people can come back to Earth through those same portals that they left. So so maybe it's a, a colonization program. Or and, maybe, and maybe it's a recolonization for Earth program.
1: Yeah, it could be. Or maybe we could just go to Oz, follow the Olympic road, and talk to the great wizard, and he could save us. I mean, this whole, whole idea of portals and all this stuff is wonderful. Where's the evidence for them?
0: You've never been to a portal? Only the
1: standard doorways. They never took me place special. Sometimes places that weren't so hot. <laughs> but right. uh,
0: Have you been to Sedona?
1: Yes, I have.
0: Have you been to Bradshaw Ranch?
1: No, I was never invited.
0: All right. So I'll get you in touch with Tom Dongo, and, and, and he can get you into a portal.
1: And where, where does the portal take you?
0: you? You'll have to let me know if you get back.
1: Oh, you haven't done it?
0: No, I haven't. I would love to. I had, if I have the opportunity to do it, I'll do it. If I get to go to Arizona and go through a portal, I will.
1: Well, I've spent a whole winter in Sedona. And I went to all the uh, sacred places that the um, New Age people like. And I walked the spirals and all that sort of thing. And it never took me anywhere. Except finally to the local uh, grocery store where I could get myself a Slurpee or a Slushie or something because it was darn hot.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, sitting up on a hot rock baking in the sun in 105-degree weather just isn't my cup of tea. Hmm. You know, I'm just not really crazy. But, but by the way, Sedona is beautiful. You should go there if you haven't been I will.
0: I'm definitely going to head out there. But I haven't seen any portals. No portals. No, no portals. <laughs> We'll, we'll take care of that. I mean, okay. yeah. we'll get, get a portal yeah. somewhere. With my luck, I'd step through a
1: portal and find myself in interstellar space. But uh, I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm not saying they even can't exist. There is a reasonable probability they might exist. Mm-hmm. But I am uh, i would no more look to them as to save my, If a flying saucer suddenly appeared in the skies above my house and started beaming laser beams down at everything and destroying it in a path like War of the Worlds, I don't think I'd be flying to Sedona to try to get, find a portal. I think I'd be trying something more immediate and closer to home to save myself. Right.
0: But what up I'm up. saying is maybe the government already knows that certain things are going to happen and are being proactive. I mean, that's what you would do, yeah. I'm sure.
1: Well, the the government, uh, that's what I'm saying. The government probably is proactive. But what is the nature of, of that proactivity? And is it for everyone's benefit or just the few? Oh, it's just a few.
0: I mean, we know that the billionaires
1: and the Congress people, yeah, yeah. Plus, yeah. no, 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 no. well, I nice know that. McConnell and Nancy Pelosi but, will but be the, alive. But the
0: other weird questionnaire though is, and you, you kind of brought this up too, is it has to be more than just our government because these things are happening around the world. So there has well, to be other, my point. other other governments involved. And you know, are all these governments collaborating on the same strategy, or does each one have its own?
1: There is no evidence to support that whatsoever. In fact. A lack of, a noticeable lack of cooperation seems to be the order of the day rather than the reverse. Unless that's subterfuge to fool the aliens into thinking we're doing nothing when we really are.
0: I don't think we're that smart. You're well, that, I don't know. You're and that it, smart, but I, I think. The there you go. <laughs> the average government <laughs> official definitely is not that smart. I'm sure the aliens will spare me. I'm not so
1: sure about uh, a, a great podcaster, but, you know.
0: Uh, I think they'll They, uh, they'll, they'll, they need me. <laughs> they need you to podcast, right? Yes.
2: By the way,
1: one question. Why is it called a podcast?
0: Because before iPhones, there was this thing called the iPod. And that was the only way to get access to the podcast.
1: So, wouldn't it be an iPodcast?
0: It, would, it may have been. I don't remember what the original name was. But when it first came out, the only way you could get them was on iTunes for people that had iPods.
2: By
1: the way,
0: I like your Buddha. Yeah, Buddha's pretty cool. Yeah. He hangs out and meditates.
1: I used to have a a Zen garden in my yard in San Diego. The rake grass, grass, the rake sand, the stones, and a Buddha sitting on the pedestal in the center of it. And I had it completely enclosed. And it was really uh, a very serene and, I don't know, I'm, I'm attracted to Zen Buddhism because I like the philosophy of it. Not all the aspects of it, but a lot of it I do like. Me too. Hinduism I like too. Me too. And I do have a thing for the elephant god. What's his name? Ganesh? Uh, He's so comical looking. I really like him.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love the elephant god.
1: I just noticed you were looking at the ceiling again.
0: (laughs) No, I think I have an (laughs) elephant god here.
2: Do
1: you? Oh, you do. Well, isn't that cool? I mean, how could you not like him? I, do. I like elephants anyway.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm not crazy about Shiva, the destroyer of worlds. But uh, ah, sometimes so,
0: that could be the aliens.
1: So you're saying that if push came to shove, you would just lie down like a doormat and let them walk over you?
0: I, I would bargain with them. I would say, "Look, you guys need a podcaster, and, and, and if you need some <laughs> children, I can get you some children too." <laughs> The edible variety. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you what whatever you need, I'll hook you up. Children, podcasts, angel ducks. So, anything you so ba- want. <laughs> you're basically you're a Benedict Arnold, you're a Quizzling. Well no, I'm doing this for the, for the sake of the human race. Because nobody By can save the
1: aliens.
0: Nobody can save the human race except me. Ah, because I, I, because I, am humo, I am human. I am human. Sapien Supreme.
1: Actually, I think it's superior, superior. not supreme. <laughs> it's not like a pizza
0: with pepperoni, with pepperoni <laughs> and
1: garlic bread on the side. Yeah. Uh, by the way, how do you pronounce your last name? I was looking at that for the last four days. I've been looking at trying to figure out how to pronounce it.
0: Cachalila. I, I, I haven't. How is it? Cachalila. Bless you. (laughs) It's exactly the way it's spelled. No, it could be
1: like Cacacolo or or, or, Cacacolo.
0: It's Italian. In Italian, the two C's are always Yeah. The the I-O is I-O and the Lillo is Lillo. Say say it for
1: me one more time. Cacacolo? Cacalillo. I can't seem to do that for some reason. (laughs) Caccia, next part. Lillo. (laughs) Cacalillo. Kochalilo. Oh, that's not so bad. Kachalillo. Okay, my name's Shelsky. Two syllables, but everyone insists on thinking it's Polish, and they always try to put another syllable in there. They want to say Shalesky. I always go, thought Celsky. She. She sky. She sky. Actually, my name has changed. My grandparents were from Lithuania. And when they entered Ellis Island in 1919, they shortened their name to Shelsky. Originally, it was Shuskowskis.
0: Try to spell that one. Sh- Sheskowskis? Shuskowskis. All right. So it would be like S-H-E-L-K-O-W-K-I-S. No,
1: it, it was nothing like Uh S-K-I-E-S-K-A-S-K-A-S. Shuskowskis.
0: All right. Sounds close. There's no
1: H in there anywhere. You weren't even close. You were putting <laughs> H's and stuff.
0: <laughs> Get the H out. <laughs> I'm just trying to make myself look good so that aliens need me. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, you, you're not worried about the whole UFO phenomenon? Um, or you're, you're blanche about it? Or
0: I... I'm not concerned, concerned. I, I think that we will... I, and I don't think they're really concerned about us all that much either. Um,
1: I, I then do, why I, are we hanging around at nuclear facilities? One of the things
0: I do think is that there are probably a group of aliens that has human... They don't want us to wipe ourselves out. And especially with a nuclear event, because I think if there's a nuclear event that destroys this planet, it's not just going to affect this planet. It might affect other planets as well. It might have a ripple effect. Whether it's through the physical universe or whether it's through the interdimensional universe, it's going to affect other beings. So I think in some ways, by keeping us from blowing ourselves up, they're also protecting themselves.
1: Or maybe they're an older civilization and they just want to... um... Protect a young one growing... You know, we have had nuclear weapons for over 70 years now, and we haven't used them. And they have stopped world wars. Isn't that odd? We haven't had a world war in 70 years. We've had brush fire wars, we've had regional wars, but we've not had a world war in over 70 years. I don't know. You're, I can see you calculating, aren't you? <laughs> well, yeah,
0: you know, um, just sometimes I wonder, like, you know, how do we define a world war, you know? One that encompasses most of the nations of the world, right? And we've have had that, though. I mean, when we invaded Iraq, there was a ton of countries involved with that.
1: Oh, the token is the most of it. I mean, England and France and places sent troops, but you could count them—the the thousands of them on one hand or two hands. It was nothing like a world war, nothing like World War One or World War Two, no. where entire continents were in uh, upheaval.
0: <clears throat> that is a world war. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe tomorrow there'll be one. I
1: mean, there's it was, always I tomorrow. Mean, not, yeah, well, there is always tomorrow, but it has been seventy years. So look on the bright side. <laughs> that, that is
0: that is good. But I do think that 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 the nuclear thing is a concern, and, and maybe the reason we have not used these nukes is because of the extraterrestrials. Maybe maybe, maybe they're ha I mean, maybe that's part of the treaty. It's like, look, guys. Don't use these things because you're really going to screw things up not just for yourself but for us too well, and, you know, and if, yes, it, and if, if push comes take- to and if push comes to shove we're going to wipe your asses out before you come and mess our shit up.
2: or
1: make it just us wipe ourselves out
2: mm-hmm.
1: it wouldn't be too hard for an alien race with UFOs to trigger a a, a war, a world war. It would be really easy to disguise certain things and make it look like it's from Russia or China coming to us. And that's all it would take to trigger a nuclear holocaust.
0: True. That's all it would take. So,
1: they have... There was one case where they were near one military base when they were launching a nuclear missile. It was not armed. And I'm not even sure there's a warhead on it, but there's clear uh, video of this thing, UFO shining a beam at the missile, and it went off course. And at the same time, on the base, the uh, coding mechanisms for the nuclear missiles suddenly activated. And the military uh, checked it out thoroughly afterwards, and they never came to a conclusion. They, hmm. Most they could say is it was a glitch. Some glitch, huh? Arming I, I, I
0: interviewed somebody. I think it was Terry Loveless. And he was at a military base, and he, he was there. One of these incidences where the UFO came over and just disarmed everything, the electric, the the, the nuclear stuff, it all went down.
1: Yeah, it's almost as if they're demonstrating to us their capability if push comes to shove. So maybe they don't want us to have a nuclear war, and maybe that's why we haven't had one. But what do they want? That's the question. We know what they don't seem to want, but what do they want? And that is a big question mark, and until that's answered... We have to consider all the ramifications and possibilities.
0: What do you Some think of it is? Are t- like, what does your gut do I, tell you?
1: Well, what does my gut tell me? My gut tells me that they're not here to destroy us, but they are manipulating us to a, a large extent. Now, the reason they're manipulating us, I don't know. But there's no doubt. If the abductions, if even a small percentage of those abductions are true, then they are manipulating us. If they are buzzing our military bases, they're manipulating us. If they're constantly observing our military naval vessels and aircraft, they are manipulating us. If they are watching us and observing, why this great interest in all those things? No one spends time, effort, and energy on anything unless there's a payoff. Even for aliens, that must hold true. You can see I'm a real capitalist by nature.
0: But it makes sense. There's got to be a uh, motive. I mean, otherwise, why do it? You're not going to do something without reason.
1: So then you have to start deciding what are the main probable, not possible. You start with possible motives and then you narrow it down to probable motives. And that's kind of where you have to go. But the problem with that is you have to figure out who the heck they are. Are they from the future? Are they interdimensional? Are they extraterrestrial? Did they always exist on Earth underneath the oceans? We just didn't know another civilization existed and grew there. And, uh, Or are they some form of life form here on Earth that is so different from us that we don't comprehend it as being a life form? So, I mean, if we could narrow that down, then maybe we could define motives. And that's the problem. And I'm sure it's the biggest problem the U.S. government has, but it's one we need to solve Mm -hmm. because it's not knowing that's dangerous. Where ignorance is bliss, a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. Now, MUFON, and I was a field investigator for them, They have a massive database of UFO sightings. But what I'm not seeing is anyone trying to find patterns. How many flying saucer shapes are being seen? Where are they being seen and at what times? Versus triangles, versus cigar shape, versus um, pyramid shapes. Uh, Have they tried to classify all the different kinds? Um... Under what circumstances are they being seen? Where where do abductions seem to be taking place, according to the people who report them? Is it mostly in the United States? Is it evenly spread around the world? Is it in underdeveloped countries? Find patterns. When you find patterns, then you can make uh, come to some conclusions as to what those patterns imply. But until we actually do something with the data, instead of just having a, a TV series on on uh, uh, hangar or whatever it was for uh, MUFON, mm-hmm. I don't see that... Um, you're going to come up with answers. We need to start finding answers. To do that, we need to massage the data, sift through it, and we need to come up with something, patterns, whatever.
0: Right. And you're, you're absolutely right there. It's definitely, we've got to take the data that, that they have collected and do some analysis on it look for some common denominators. I mean, some have been picked up on them, like, like the nuclear thing. Like we know that's a common denominator in a lot of this. Another one is volcanoes. That's an interesting one.
1: Well, there was one um, government report that even referred to them as um, unidentified uh, multi-medium objects phenomena, meaning that because they have seen them in the air and they've seen them come up out of the ground and they've seen them come up out of the ocean, that they seem to be able to transit in different mediums, including underwater. Mm -hmm. The uh, what was it? The USS Kennedy, the aircraft carrier. It was buzzed by flying saucers or UFOs. They saw them underwater. They saw them in the air. This went on for some time. For some reason, that aircraft carrier became the focus of the aliens' attention, or whatever they are. And this has happened on other occasions. But, again, you're right. We do know that they're associated with the military a lot, but they're also associated with a lot of other things. Why are they flying over the outback in Australia and draining a water tank while it's water? They're thirsty. um,
2: <laughs>
0: they making move shallow the of water
1: that was some thirst they had it must have been a hangover but, uh, you know. <laughs> those aliens they can party, but
0: <laughs> you know i Why? i i have seen that 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 actually you know you know about that lake you know dropping you know was it like it was like eighteen inches or something like that measurement of water law. there is an the explanation for that, maybe there was some kind of seismic event. And that water just went underground.
1: No, this took place in Roseville in the state of Victoria in Australia, and it was a water tank. There was a man on a motorcycle. He was taking care of the ranch. He saw it come over the ranch. He went out to chase it. Um, It hovered over a water tank. It it had something like a tube descended from it into the water tank. Now, this may not seem important to you, but if you're in the Australian Outback, water is a very, very precious commodity. Mm -hmm. They needed that water to keep their cattle alive. They drained it dry, and when they looked inside of the tank, and it was a huge tank, they found that the sediment in the bottom formed a peak in the center as if it had been sucked up along with the water to some degree. So, this UFO had sucked up the entire contents of a huge water tank when it was meant to feed a large herd of cattle in dry times.
0: So, so, that was probably, that, that could have been ours. That could have been ours? Yeah, that could have been us.
1: We couldn't have just taken the water, say from Lake Superior or Erie, or well, uh,
0: they're an outback, and there was no other source of water except this guy's tank, and maybe maybe so, maybe this vehicle or whatever it was ran on hydrogen, it needed the water to continue to get back wherever it came from.
1: Regardless of what it did to the people, inhabitants who needed that water. Yeah, that, that's that's, that's typical
0: dude. human behavior, though.
1: And so you're saying UFOs have, I mean, uh, humans have the UFO? And we're floating around the um, outback? I'm, I'm, I'm sure so. Sucking up water things? I
0: mean, you you know that some of them are ours, yeah.
1: I think some types of vehicles are ours, but I don't think the UFOs that are interfering with the United States government and we're launching jets to intercept them are ours. Oh, no. Or no, anybody else's. No,
0: but the them. ones that are sucking up water in the outback could be.
1: I wonder what the Australian government would feel if the United States was doing that with some kind of vehicle. You know, and by the way, I'll, I'll, it did look the, like a the
0: relationship between the U.S. and Australia is really strange. I never really realized that until I started podcasting, and a lot of my guests sometimes will come from Australia, and it's kind of funny. They well, know you do know I'm
1: Australian, right? You are. Yes, I have dual citizenship.
0: Oh, that's right. You mm. did mention that to me. And I was amazed, though, like, like they know more about American politics than I do.
1: Well, that's because they actually have an education system that still works. I was brought up with their education system. And when I came back to America, I skipped a grade, actually a grade and a half, which was a mistake because I was really too young. Intellectually, it wasn't a problem. There I go again. But um, I think emotionally, (laughs) I think emotionally for a, a young kid to suddenly become Basically, uh, not a high schooler, but what would you call it? Junior high schooler is not a good thing because you're not physically and emotionally developed to deal with your peer group at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, there. I was still wanting to build Frankenstein models and that sort of thing, and everyone else was interested in girls, even some of the girls. So, you, um, you know, I just didn't seem to fit in well because I was running almost two years behind them uh, as far as my uh, education and emotional... I'm uh, not education, but my emotional development. You know,
0: I, that kind of thing. So, so when did you lose your virginity?
1: Uh, I was 17. How old were you?
0: 12. Uh, wow.
1: Was the other person as young as you? Yes, of course. They don't have to be. They could have been 14 or 15 or 10 or 11. Oh No,
0: I was a man at 12.
1: Well, I was raised as a Roman Catholic, and I went to Catholic school. We didn't even know that sort of thing existed until the age of 12. And even then, I didn't believe it. Yep. I had a friend tell me that that's how people had babies.
0: It's like, ah, oh, you've got to be kidding me. My mother wouldn't
1: do that. <laughs> my father, maybe, but not my mother.
0: <laughs> yep. by, the time I, by the time I was 12, I was already smoking cigarettes and drinking beer and cursing and playing cards.
1: In what ghetto did you live in as a child? I lived in Princeton, New Jersey. Oh, that explains it. <laughs> New Jersey—it's <laughs> <laughs> a real poil.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but 17, but seventeen—but seventeen's not bad, actually. I mean, seventeen's normal, I think.
1: I think it's—it's. It's, I mean, you're you're talking like what you're thirty Third year of high school.
0: You're, you're not yeah. a senior, but you're a junior. Yes, yeah, that's, yeah. that's perfectly normal. So, so, so yeah. you you weren't behind.
1: Well, thank you. I'm glad to know I'm not abnormal.
0: Well, I think I'm probably Although the abnormal I'm, one in this situation.
1: Well, anyone who comes from New Jersey probably is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I like New Jersey. I lived in New Jersey for a while. I have relatives in New Jersey. <laughs> I love New Jersey. No, actually, I do. I like New Jersey. What's what
0: state are so, you? What state are you in? I'm in North Carolina. Oh, that's right, North Carolina. The beautiful, deep, beautiful state. Deep South. Do people call you? No, it's not. Did they call actually, you Yankee? It's
1: not. Uh, not to my face, but they do call people from up north Yankees. Yes, do you I've, ca- heard, I've heard it used. Do you I carry? Do, do you carry flags. a fire? A firearm. A fire- I have a pet fire ant, and I have have a fire uncle too. But uh, no, I don't carry firearms. I don't really need see the need for them. No, No. if someone wants to kill me bad enough, let them do it and get it over with.
0: Well, like when I was in Alabama, I had to.
1: Why did you have to?
0: Well, when you're at a stoplight and the person in front of you doesn't want to move, I would just hold my gun. No, I'd just fire a shot in the air.
1: Uh huh. <laughs> you, know because
0: that, well, if you use a horn, that's like looking for a fight.
1: So shooting them instead is better. That's not looking for a fight? Well,
0: no, you shoot it in the air. Then he ha- you know well, you what have happens it, if they pull they, out a, they, a
1: blunderbuss, something, you know,
0: some really big weapon compared to your little pistol, whatever the heck you were using? Well, I'm you know, but that, that's never happened to me.
1: How did you end up from New Jersey to Alabama?
0: Shit happens.
1: Glad it didn't happen to me. You know, I always grew up in the North or out West, and in Australia, and I was, as a kid, even like 13, 14, I was afraid of the South. All movies had come out at the time, like Easy Rider, Macon County Lion, all these things, and it didn't paint a pretty picture of the South. It was a partially biased picture, I will say partially uh but um not entirely and but it made me fearful i remember when we drove across the country one time when i was about 13. my father had to pull off the freeway to get gas and i was afraid for him to do it and that was in alabama i was scared to death to get off the freeway i just wanted to get through those states as fast as they could
2: Hmm.
1: and uh now obviously they're not nearly anything like that but well they they are to some degree I mean, I have seen Confederate flags here in the South. I was in Subway yesterday getting a sandwich and the woman wasn't wearing a mask behind the counter. And I said, how come the one woman behind the counter is and you're not? She said, oh, I have a doctor's um, excuse not to for a medical reason. I said, oh, that's understandable. And I said, well, I'm not worried. I don't I don't have a mask on and I did not have forgotten it was in the car. And mm-hmm. um, I said, I don't have a mask on either. So, you know, no worries. I said, but I have had all my shots. And she says, I wouldn't have that poison in my body. It's like, okay. And I just took my sandwich and sort of backed it slowly towards the door. But you do hit a mentality here sometimes that I find stunningly insulated, as if the rest of the world isn't real. Um, I, I just can't fathom risking your life. I mean, I grew up in an age when vaccines were everywhere. You used them and you had them and you were glad you got them. I had a friend who ended up in a uh, uh, iron lung for three months before he died. He was 11 years old when he died from polio. When they came out with the sock vaccine the next year, you can bet my parents forced me to take it. I took three different versions of it. The, twice I had the shots, and then later when they came out with the oral version, I had to take those too. Mm. My parents were taking no chances, and I never got polio, and polio no longer is a problem. Th- same thing with smallpox. It's because my generation got smallpox vaccines that the, our generations now don't have to because smallpox no longer exists in the, in the world All except right. in a laboratory. So I'm not saying that everyone should take the vaccine and it's right for everyone. But the idea that a perfectly healthy woman would say she won't take it because she won't, doesn't want that poison in her body. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine what a bad case of COVID would do to her and how she'd feel about it then. I just don't mm. you know. and I had
0: COVID twice.
1: Well, the majority of people don't get it very badly. That's the thing. But there are a lot of people who get it and die from it. My brother died of it.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. So
1: I'm, oh, well, I didn't much like him anyway. You didn't? <laughs> <laughs> would, 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 you,
0: would you have given your brother to aliens? <laughs> you know, I might. Yeah, I probably would. <laughs> I think, I, think, I think this podcast is hitting a new low. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. <laughs> what are we going
1: to sacrifice to the extraterrestrials to save ourselves? <laughs> uh, I think we must be running out of something to talk about because it is getting pretty low. <laughs> I do hope you know that I'm only joking. I really wouldn't have given my brother to aliens. No. But if they it said it's either you or him, nah, I would have to really think about that. My brother wasn't a bad person, but he was dumber than a rug. Hmm. I mean, he really was. He just wasn't real bright. I had one I of those had people one. That, did you have one like that?
0: No, I had two brothers.
1: Or are you that? Are you that brother?
0: I have two brothers. One I would give to the aliens. Would you?
1: Yeah. How about the other one?
0: The other one, no. I have
1: to think about it a little.
0: No, I wouldn't give him. No, definitely not.
1: But you'd give your kids away.
0: Oh, yeah, the kids, absolutely. Well, all... you
1: know, kids are short, and nasty, mean, and brutish.
0: And I can always make more.
1: Actually, you know, this is a weird sideline, but you know the story of Hansel and Gretel, right? Yeah. You do know that when that story was written, it was based on fact? No. Not about Hansel and Gretel, but uh, Europe was going through the Little Ice Age, and families were starving, and they would take kids out into the woods and let them die so that the other kids could survive. They had to make some hard choices. And sometimes they had to put their kids to sleep, so to speak, and the parents lived because they knew that they could have more, whereas the kids weren't going to grow up anyway because they simply were starving to death of malnutrition. Those are some tough choices. Humanity has not had it easy. We are up from the mud. We are reaching for the stars, but we have feet of clay. And people like to put down humanity and say, we don't have a chance, and it's apocrypha. But if you look at the history of the human race, generally speaking, despite major setbacks along the way, major horrors, the general trend has been upwards. There's less starvation in the world today than there has ever been. We have a darn good technology that's spreading worldwide. It's not everywhere yet, but it's most places now, except for Africa and parts of South America. But uh, we have... uh, democracies that are thriving in lots of areas when just 40 50 years ago the world was mostly autocracies and dictatorships we have cured a host of illnesses including polio smallpox diphtheria typhoid you name it we've done it it's we are doing really well so i have a lot of faith and hope in the human race as a whole if we band together if we work together i
0: think we'll make it that is inspirational
1: Okay, Mr. Gloom, tear it apart. No,
0: no, I mean, that was great. That was almost like the speech from um, Independence Day.
1: I think it was better. (laughs) Mine didn't rely on the 4th of July. (laughs) But, you know, seriously, the general trend of history, and again, I'm not saying there weren't some major horrible setbacks along the way, That's part of life. It seems like for every two steps forward, we take one step back. But generally speaking, the trend has been upwards. We are reaching for the stars, and they are getting to be within our grasp. You are contemplating things that your grandparents would never even have thought of. I remember my great-grandfather had a little crystal radio set, not much more than a penny and a safety pin kind of a thing. And he would listen to the news and think it was just absolutely wonderful. And all he got was NBC, ABC, or CBS News over the radio with a headset, and he thought it was wonderful that you could get news about things that were happening around the world because all his life, all he had ever gotten was what was in the local town. Maybe the state, if he was lucky. All they had was telegraph from his child. They didn't even have the telephone. So, I mean, I think we should probably count our blessings to some degree. It doesn't mean we should sit on our laurels and, and not do anything, but I think we have done pretty darn well in the last hundred years or so. We really have. we've avoided a, a world war we've you know developed all these technologies I can't imagine what life would be like without my cell phone <laughs> I was in the dentist's office yesterday and normally if I was there 20 minutes I'd be complaining to the receptionist why isn't my appointment was 20 minutes ago why am I not seeing the dentist you know this time I'm just sitting there, I'm looking up stuff on uh, Facebook YouTube whatever totally engrossed totally entertained And, of course, there's always porn if you have to, you know.
0: (laughs) Now I know why you have such a nice smile. You go to the dentist.
1: You haven't seen my
0: smile. I've seen pictures of you.
1: Oh, those are (laughs) fake.
0: Because you have, like, these shiny white teeth.
1: Yeah. Thank God for Photoshop. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, those are due to... um, uh, Dental strips, you know those whitening strips. Mm-hmm. They work pretty well, yeah. So, but um, how old are you now?
0: Uh, Fifty-three. I'll be fifty-four next month.
1: Hmm. Well, you don't look your age. You, I would guess you're somewhere in your low forties. So, Thank you. You, you, so far, but don't count on that. That's you'll hit a certain age, and, and then all of a sudden you'll look in the mirror one morning and you'll think, "Oh my God, I'm old."
0: No. It'll no. I, 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 will, I will always look at myself and I'll know that I am above average looking.
1: For a cadaver?
0: For anything.
1: <laughs> die young and leave a good looking corpse. Isn't that what James Dean said? Yep. Live fast, die young, and leave a good looking corpse.
0: But I don't even have to yeah. die young, no matter what age I am. In fact, I get better with age.
1: My, we do live in a fantasy realm, don't we?
0: <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's amazing. Every, every, every day, the older I get, you know the the more physical. Hmm? <laughs> what does your therapist
1: say about this?
0: What oh, does your therapist say about this? I don't have a therapist. I'm my own therapist. <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about the the court appointed one. <laughs> I, I'm the best therapist I've ever had.
1: You are, huh? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I always agree with myself.
1: You, do you find do you, do you use any kind of um um, you are not an ayahuasca or anything like that, are you?
0: No, ayahuasca. No, I, the heck I, I, I don't. I don't do any drugs or drink anymore.
1: Oh, please don't invite me to any of your parties. <laughs> 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 I was like, to see us all sitting around in a circle doing absolutely nothing. But
0: <laughs> oh, there's always things to do. Play cards against humanity. It's always fun
1: play cards against humanity or humans have
0: you ever played that game no it's a fun game
1: well see i drink so i don't have to play
0: games (laughs) Seems probably even funner if you're drinking funner it's funner if i drink (laughs) more fun if you drink
1: yeah that might be better yeah yeah things can be funny and funnier but not
0: more not funner funner.
1: you forget i'm a writer i'm an author I True.
0: Things. I heard some yeah. term today that that didn't make any sense to me. I forgot what it was, and it was on the news. And they was a commercial. I don't know. What's I've had the, to look things up that I've seen okay. on TV because I've never heard the word before, and I think,
1: what the heck is it? Is that even a it, word?
0: I think it was like the the winnest, like the most win. They called it winnest.
1: Did you have to look it up to see if
0: it's a real word? No, but I certainly questioned it.
1: Do you, do you maybe you mean the
0: winningest? Winningest, yes. Is that is that winningest, actually? Yeah,
1: I I I don't know if it's actually a word. I've never used it in my writing because if I don't know if a word's real or not, I tend not to use it.
0: I don't know if it's a real word either. But, I'm but, also an
1: editor, and i
0: edit people's it, it, it caught me off guard, though, because I was like, "Is winningest a word?" Let me see. It could
2: be W I N
0: N I N G. It's an informal. It is a word. I guess. Well, says is informal.
1: In, informal North American. That means it's not precisely word. Is it, dictionaries will put you'll you'll see ain't in the dictionary. Ain't's not really a word, but they put it in the dictionary because it's common usage. So that's what dictates the dictionary, a common usage.
2: Hmm.
1: So when they say it's informal, that's because it is informal. It's not an actual word. They certainly wouldn't put it in any kind of, um, um, you know. Scientific paper, something like that. Not unless you wanted to cut your own throat, career-wise.
0: Okay. So, so I won't put winningest in any of my formal papers that I publish.
1: Only your informal ones. Yes. So when you go to the prom and wearing your formal, don't use winningest. <laughs> <laughs> did you go to your senior prom?
0: I did. I didn't. No.
1: No, I, I can't remember why. There was a reason. I'm not sure what it was. I might have been high at the time. I don't know. No, I uh, uh, I think we had just moved to a new school, and I didn't know anyone. And It was my last, was my senior year, like the last two months. Yeah, it was. That is what happened. I went from Chula Vista High School to Hilltop High, and I didn't know a soul there, and I just didn't want to go to the prom because I didn't know anybody. It had only been like a month there. Hmm. So just uh, – and I never was really much into that sort of thing. I've never – I've never really enjoyed associating with my peers. And again, this is going to sound elitist, but I didn't find that they were very interesting. All they wanted to talk about was the most most recent, newest, winningest flavor of bubblegum <laughs> or band, what rock music you like, and, and idiotic stuff like that. I'm sitting there wondering about the nature of the universe, God and creation, and they're sitting there... Wondering about when are the Beatles going to come out? with the No, I shouldn't say the Beatles. I like the Beatles. But, I mean, they would ask me the name of a band, a current band, and I couldn't because I didn't wasn't really – I knew the songs. I liked the songs. Don't get me wrong, the music. But it never occurred to me to bother trying to memorize which band was playing which songs. They were on the radio. I had no control over it. Hmm. So you just listened and enjoyed it. And gradually you got tired of one song, and by then the radio station was pumping another one up the charts. So there you go. But no, I never was much into I never, uh, I had a rifle. Never much cared for it. Didn't particularly want to go hunting. Um, I caught my brother shooting sparrows off a power line one time with my rifle. And I slugged him. And he couldn't understand why. It was good target practice. And to me, it was butchery for no mm-hmm. good reason. I mean... I, like I said to him, sparrows have a short, miserable existence. Why do you have to shorten it even more, just for the sake of your own pleasure of target practice? Yeah. Use a beer can or a bottle, you idiot. So, so you can see why I'm willing to give them to the aliens. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. I mean,
0: you know. You know. Like, like for lost. me, like the high school prom. I mean, at the time, like during high school, I was taking a lot of drugs. So I was high most of the time, especially angel dust. But, I don't even know, you know what that is. It's you, know, you should try it. Uh huh. Yeah. I should. And that's why you stopped, right? Well, I did it for three months. I mean, How
1: can you remember precisely? <laughs> You're the whole time.
0: Uh, I know.
1: What is angel dust? Is is it a chemical? What is it?
0: It's PCP.
1: Yeah, that doesn't tell me anything. I've heard I've heard angel dust is PCP. It's like. When I, asked my I mean I don't know
0: I don't know what the chemical compound is or anything like that but if you google a, it you'll but find not, it
1: but it's a, but it is a chemical yeah I mean your answer was like one time I asked my father when I was a kid what hemorrhoids were he I mean it, it, it's, it's like LSD oh.
0: it's kind of like LSD but like way more intense it'll last a lot longer
1: my brother had taken angel dust when he was in the army in Germany they discharged him Luckily, he got a general discharge and not a dishonorable.
2: Hmm.
1: We had to pull strings with our local congressman to get that done. So, My brother was one of these people that he would stick his hand in the fire to see if it was hot. And then a little later, he'd stick his other hand in to see if it was still hot. That was about a good level.
0: Not a quick learner.
2: <laughs> oh. Well, when the
1: aliens do seize control, I promise you I will put in a good word
0: for you. I, not that I'll need it because they'll already know you know yeah. I, I suspect yeah. the things with the aliens will go the same way they did with the prom I was the guy that would walk into the room all the people would flock to me and the party would start and I think it's going to be the same and it's going to be the same way with the aliens starting to come down they'll all flock to me and were you
1: really that way in high school? yeah your grades must have been deplorable.
0: Oh, yeah, my grades were awful. Dude, <laughs> in if if recently, fact, <laughs> recently I had to get a transcript to get my job that I got down here, so I had to get my high school transcript. <laughs> and I failed really? art. Yeah, yeah. That's I, 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 I failed art. I'm looking at it. How did I fail art? You failed art? I failed art.
1: How, how do you do that? I did. That's like people fail PE. How do you fail P E? You just show up.
0: <laughs> huh. Yeah, somehow I found I found out our that class. I was
1: um, did did they have classifications at your high school? Did they have the X, Y, and Z kids?
0: We had um the smart kids, you know. Like I guess they were like the college prep kids. There was the yeah. normal kids, and then there was like the group that I was in. <laughs> What's the, the word for that group is no longer acceptable.
1: Mm. Did it begin with an R? Yes. <laughs> yes, I thought so. Yeah, it was pretty common in those days, you know. Yeah, it was. Uh, we had X, Y, and Z. Y was advanced. X was basically average. And then we had Z, and, and we called them zoo kids because they basically uh, were intellectually challenged. And uh, But I didn't know. I had no idea this was going on. And I was with a kid one day, and he said, um, he was talking about his class, and I said, well, how come you don't have my uh, geography teacher, Mrs. Boster? Because she's a Y teacher. I said, what's the Y teacher? She said, well, you're a Y kid. You you, you have all Y classes. I'm, I'm a Z. I'm a zoo. I go, what are you talking about? He said, X, Y, and Z. You're in the Y, and, and, and I'm in the zoo class. And uh, so I went to my school counselor. I said, what is this? He says, yeah, you are, Rob. You are in the Y class. You uh, And I said, uh, why was I never told this? I might have tried harder. I might have excelled more if I'd been told I had the potential or capability of doing so. Because i got to be honest, I was coasting. I could psych out the teachers and the professors. It was mm-hmm. pretty easy to do. I completely faked the final for my geology class in college. So uh, it's supposed to be a semester-long project, and at the night before it was due, I just drew up pictures by hand, drawings and stuff, and I got a B-plus for it. My best friend said, well, if I had known that, I wouldn't have bothered doing it. But So I did not know that they were separating people out, and yet they weren't. How is it that the people in the lowest group, the zoo class, knew all about it, but me in the Y class didn't know a darn thing?
0: How much of an idiot did, is that? They didn't want you to know. But the kids in the zoo
1: class knew. I shouldn't say Zoom, well, but well, Z class. it
0: was okay for them to know because they weren't going to do anything about it. But if, if, if the guys in, in, in the Y and X classes knew about it, then they might try to change it.
1: Change what?
0: Change the, the hierarchy because you guys might find it you know, unacceptable.
1: You, change, you didn't change the hierarchy. You said yes, sir, no, sir, or, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and that was it. We didn't have riots in our schools. We didn't have any of it. We didn't have shootings either. You know, I went through all my all my years in school and college. Never even heard of a shooting at a school. Never. How that's come about, I don't know.
0: But I never did. We had one. How about you? One. It wasn't that bad, though. It was just one kid.
1: Oh, that makes it better.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I, I, it, was a, it was a legitimate gunfight, you know. Like this one kid... On Which, campus? Yeah, this one kid slept with his other one's girlfriend. And so the other one brought in a gun and tried to shoot him.
1: Oh, that's right. You were in New Jersey. I keep forgetting that.
0: So, yeah, I, I mean, that crazy. stuff happens. Yeah. It was justified. No, it doesn't.
1: It never used to happen. It never used it, to it happen. happen then, never heard it happened never And
0: this was like 1985, I guess.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I predate you on that then. So, But when I went to school... Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Our biggest concern was what to wear to the school dance or whose friends were going to come over to your house after school, who was in, who was out. We remember the serfs or the soch or the jocks. That was our whole life. That was the extent of what we had to worry about. At the time, it seemed like a very big deal. Now, in retrospect, it seems like we really had
0: it good. Yeah, You had a pretty good, yeah. I but it wasn't that much difference for me either, you know. Shifty odd murder, yeah. But <laughs> not, not all the turtles make it to the sea, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> just like not all humans are going to make it through an extraterrestrial invasion. <laughs>
1: Not all the flies are going to avoid the fly's water, right? Yeah, I get it. <laughs> by the way, I am kidding about New Jersey. I do like New Jersey. I think, I think New Jersey has an unwarranted bad reputation,
0: and I don't know why. I, I like it better than Alabama.
1: Well, who wouldn't? I've just lost my entire fandom in Alabama by saying that.
0: <laughs> wait did, did you have a fan in that you I know actually, of I think
1: I had two I had two? two that I
0: knew of wow
1: yeah yeah one stopped talking to me when I refused to believe that Hillary Clinton and several other really wealthy people were eating babies you know apparently it was the beginning of the QAnon thing this is yeah I've,
0: ago, I've, so. I've done some some baby eating episodes
1: have you Yeah, on camera?
0: (laughs) No, no, no. But podcast lies. I've I've covered topic of that. That's how I know that they're gaming.
1: Well, I would presume that the people telling you that people are eating babies weren't the people eating the babies themselves.
0: Oh, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't matter because you just have more.
1: I was on one radio show
0: out of Georgia.
1: I had never heard of it. He seems like a fairly erudite, intelligent man. So I went on a show. It was a call show. And I had mentioned that a woman, that there are odd things in the world, like the one-shoe phenomena. That whenever you're on the road, you see just one shoe. Yeah. Just the one. Where's the other one? And it's a perfectly good shoe. Where's the other one? Now, you do see pairs of shoes, like tennis shoes tied together and thrown up over power lines. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you go down a highway, every now and then you'll see a shoe on the road or by the side of the road. It's just one shoe. Well, a woman actually wrote a book about it. And I was mentioning this to the host on the radio. And someone called and said, well, you know, that's the whole thing behind the Jewish conspiracy. And I go, what? And I go, how does one shoe on the highway have anything to do with the Jewish conspiracy? Well, that's how they faked the whole Holocaust. They piled a bunch of shoes up and took photos of them and said, these are the shoes of the people that were killed in the Holocaust and that it never happened. And I go, excuse me? I said, you know, we're not talking about this. We're talking about UFOs and chemtrails and stuff. I I don't even want to discuss this with you. I said, what you're saying is absurd. I don't want to hear it. And um, then others started calling in, and they were really quite rude. Now, the host didn't say a word. He didn't interfere. He didn't hang up on the people. He just let it go. So I'm sitting here battling this group of people that have all these weird conspiracy theories. Um, and frankly, offensive. And uh, mm-hmm. the uh, and then after the show was over, he said, that was a great show. I go, you think so? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, by what stretch of the imagination could you possibly come to that conclusion? He said, oh, that's the most calls we've ever had. I said, they hated me. He says, yeah, they loved it. <laughs> I go, I said, they're a bunch of sickos. And he says, well, they actually, a lot of them are. He says, I cater to people who are shut-ins and can't get out, and they develop these conspiracy theories. I mean, one woman said, yes, chemtrails are real. I said, do you have proof? She says, yes, I've seen them in the sky. I said, where do you live? She says, right next to the Air Force base. I said, "Do you think those might just be jet trails? I said, have you taken chemical analysis of them, air samples? No. Then how do you know the chemtrails? But that was the mentality of of his viewership, and I found it very difficult. I tried to be polite, but I did finally reach a point where I said, I'm just not going to discuss these things
0: because
1: <laughs> this is just garbage talk. And uh, But the host loved it, wanted me back on the show, and I said, No, no, I don't think so.
0: Yeah. Well, I-, I warned you about the host of this show.
1: Yeah, you did. I wish you had warned me a little bit more. I had no idea you would sacrifice <laughs> children to aliens.
0: <laughs> because because, you know, because the host of this show is just brutal. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, I'm sorry I didn't realize it was your show at the time. He's, he's a maniac. I get, <laughs> you know, nut job in New Jersey,
2: or
1: worse, Alabama. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, life is good for you. Yeah, uh, you do have a sort of fantasy realm you live in, and it seems almost like you're wrapped in cotton wool.
0: No, it's a flannel shirt.
1: Looks more like cotton wool, but <laughs>
0: no, it's a it's called. Right,
1: so, can your other can your other viewers see? You? I mean, in a podcast is or is it just by voice and It's, I see
0: it's, you and it, who knows it's just you? audio. I, I just use vo- I use video for the with guests, uh, just for like the social cues and stuff. You
1: said it was vodio.
0: Video. Oh, I may, I may have said video. Okay. Um, you might have said vodio. You mean? <laughs> What's
1: huh, I just wondered. What does your shirt say? I see a hand that looks like a skeleton or something. What oh, is that? It's just a hand. You might the, the wave. I don't get the illusion.
0: Not do you, Ill, dri- do a you drive a jeep?
1: Why on God's green earth would I drive a jeep? Well, I don't live in Alabama or New Jersey.
0: <laughs> they're fun. Anyway, it's a, if, if you drive a Jeep it, Wrangler, whenever you pass another Jeep, there's a wave. It's a two-finger waves, like that.
1: You know, in England, that has a whole different meaning, and in Australia and New Zealand, too. It's a very rude gesture. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. It's worse than flipping somebody off.
0: Huh? I didn't Mm. know that.
1: Yeah, check it out. So you guys have been basically making obscene gestures at each other. Maybe. That's interesting, yeah. My brother had a Jeep, which tells you why I don't think much of Jeeps.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Anything to do with my brother, I tend to not have a high opinion of. <laughs> Poor Michael. I don't think he deserved any of this, but he got it anyway. But uh, so are you happy with your um, – uh, how many children do you have? Zero. Oh, you have zero. So you couldn't give any kids to the – so you'd probably give someone else's kids to the aliens.
0: If I could find them, yeah.
1: So you really would be a Quisling? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know. Just What's a Quisling?
0: Other people that give quizzes. No,
1: Quisling was a famous trader in Norway during World War II. Just as Benedict Arnold was uh, a yeah.
0: I didn't know that. I didn't know what a Quisling was. I was just agreeing with you.
1: I saw that blank expression on your face when you agreed with me. That's how I kind of knew. Like, See, I should keep name.
0: this camera off, then you think I know. You think you had no idea.
1: Yeah, then you would sound intellectual and erudite rather than vague and blank. Oh, <laughs> 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 <Yeah>, that was. <laughs> now you look like the character from the Big Brother. I did. You know the, the Aldous Huxley Brave New World. Yeah, Big Brother. He had that same stare when he looked directly into the, can, the camera. Really, that was his great big poster and picture everyone saw. In there. You have never seen the movie, any of the movies uh, versions of 1984.
0: I have.
1: I'm sorry. I was saying Aldous Huxley, Brave New World, but I meant 1984. So I'm sorry about
0: that. I I I I, I, I I know what you were talking about. Yeah, I've seen the movie. I don't yeah. remember it. I watched it a long time ago. I, I like the big book. I I, I like the book, but much better. I also liked Animal Farm. Animal Farm was actually one of my favorites.
1: I liked Animal Farm. Yeah, I did. I think it had a lot to say. Of course, these are all products of the time when dictatorships ruled the planet. You know, people like Stalin and Khrushchev and Hitler and all those kinds. So, Orson Welles. Was it Orson Welles?
0: Yeah, it was Welles.
1: Yeah, Welles, Orson Welles. And Elvis Huxley was Brave New World. Mm-hmm. A line, the title he stole from Shakespeare. Oh, what brave new world that has such people in it!
0: What plays are from? Paraphrasing,
1: actually, I think. Uh, I think it's from *The Tempest*. I think.
0: I don't, I don't think I've ever read. Don't the point Tempest. a gun at me and tell me that. I, about I, the I know I've never seen *The Tempest*. This one pl- I've seen. Have you lot. ever
1: seen *Forbidden Planet*?
0: Yeah. The movie. Yeah.
1: Then you seen *The Tempest*? Oh. That was *The Tempest* redone mm. as a science fiction movie.
0: I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, the uh, uh, old scientist on the planet, the only one left with his daughter, that was the wizard and his daughter on the island in The Tempest. Hmm. And he possessed scientific advanced powers and on the island in Shakespeare it was magical powers. The uh, I think the character, the fairy Puck was in it, he used to flit around and do his master's bidding. Mm-hmm. How did we get on the subject of Shakespeare?
0: <laughs> I've done a few episodes on Shakespeare. Have you really? I have. I've done episodes on like who Shakespeare really was. I think he was Shakespeare, wasn't he? <laughs> Shakespeare was definitely a pen name. Oh, I think he was the Earl of Oxford myself. There's a lot of different theories. Like some people, I, think, I forget what it was, the tall man or short man or something like that people think he was. But, but some people think that he lived in a castle with Queen, Queen Elizabeth at the same time that I think um, John D was living there with her and he influenced him. There's all sorts of theories. Some people say it was a group of people. Some people say there's well, this, um, Fr- Sir Francis Bacon connection.
1: Yes, Sir Francis Bacon is one of them, but also the uh, Earl of Oxford is probably the best one. Oh, the Earl of Oxford. That's, yes,
0: one. yes. That's the one yeah. that, that I think most people. The, the, the lady that I interviewed, one of them, like, that was her. She, she, that's who she believed it was, the Earl of Oxford. Well, the evidence is because of a picture.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it really is. Uh, uh, see, he seems to be. Sir Francis Bacon, probably not. Shakespeare was functionally illiterate in some ways, he didn't even spell his name the same way two times in a row. He had never traveled. He didn't know anything about Italy, Verona, or any of these places that went Romeo and Juliet. Um, he had no real concept, apparently, of politics or anything. But whoever wrote these plays did, Shakespeare was just a common playwright. In fact, the other one that was so popular at the time, what was his name? Who um, died by being stabbed. I want to say Chris something. But, um, he was probably the better playwright of, of actual playwrights. I mean... Shakespeare, I don't think he wrote his own stuff. I, I really don't. I think the Earl of Oxford wrote it, and a lot of them were political treatises. Yes. And he was talking about modern England of the time, but using historical kings and queens from the past that were okay because they weren't of the Tudor house, mm-hmm. so they could get away with it. But, uh, it and, and the only one that I, I think that could do it would be the Earl of Oxford. And, and um, there's a lot of evidence to suppose that it really was him. Francis Bacon would be my next guess. But you know, there's an old saying, you know, the plays of William Shakespeare were written by someone else by the name of William Shakespeare. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you don't think it had anything so, to do with John Dee? No.
1: Hmm. First of all, Shakespeare was common. And again, not functionally literate, but not what you'd call a literate person. He never attended any Oxford or Cambridge or any college or anything. And he just simply wasn't of the class that would be at the palace, in the presence of Queen Elizabeth at any time or nature whatsoever. If she saw him at a play as the author at the end of the play coming on stage, that's possible. She might have invited him to a party uh, as more of a um, trained monkey and act. No, look who well, I've got! Uh, you know how people invite famous mm-hmm. people to parties, that, that kind of thing. But no, he was no intimate of Queen Elizabeth or anybody else involved. So, uh, I think the Earl of Oxford contracted with him, wrote the plays, gave them to him, and allowed him to put his own name on him and take the benefits from it. That way, the Earl of Oxford got to say what he wanted to say and Shakespeare got to do what he wanted to do. I wish I could remember the name of the other playwright at that time. They were contemporaries. But my mind's blank. Uh,
0: I, I have the book somewhere on all the different... Um, Conspiracies or theories behind Shakespeare. It's somewhere in a box because I've moved. But I inter- i did—I did a whole an episode on it.
1: You still living out of boxes?
0: I probably will be for years. I, I have no oh, motivation no, no, no. to unpack, and since it's just me, I—I I don't really see a reason to.
1: So, what would you prefer me to give you—a gun or poison?
0: <laughs> oh, I'm going to take uh, poison. Poison, hopefully, it would be painless, right? No, no. I want slow. I want a, I want a dramatic death,
1: like Socrates.
0: Yeah, like, like honestly, like, like if I found out I was going to die, like I had like a couple weeks to live or something, I would want to go out like in the really coolest way that I could. Like, I would tie a pot rose to my back and then swim out into the ocean and try to get attacked by a shark.
1: You'd probably do that without the pot roast. And,
0: and, and I, would pro- no, I would do it with like a GoPro on my head so I could film <laughs> it all. And then when it's over, it'll Let's pop it up. And, your head up first. And, and it'll float ashore. And then it'll be like like this epic YouTube video.
1: You know what I want is a dash cam.
2: Okay.
1: I think you need them nowadays. There's a lot, there seems to be a lot of insurance fraud going on with people jamming the brakes on in front of other people and so you slam into them then they claim insurance and medical and all this kind of stuff. I didn't know that. I go to England every year and uh, I notice that everyone's starting to use dash cams over there because they, whenever they have an argument, road rage, mm-hmm. there's always this brake checking that goes on. You know brake checking? No. Someone cuts you off and you lay on your horn and then they jam on their brakes right in front of you uh-huh. and it's quite likely that you'll rear end them and sometimes you do if you're not quick enough on the mark or off the mark to jam on your brakes but they do it quite on purpose because you would be at fault whenever you hit whatever's in front of you please make it your fault unless you have proof that they did it deliberately they have now outlawed brake checking in England to do that is uh, that's a is horrible illegal. thing yeah and England's a very civilized country <laughs> it is they actually um, take tea <laughs> I drink
0: tea I don't know where they take
1: but they, I, do you I drink green tea
0: I drink uh, I drink chamomile, and I also like oolong.
1: How about, uh, what's the other one, um, one with an incredible name, Lapsong Souchong? I haven't tried it. Is it good? Mm. They all taste the same to me. The only difference is green tea looks clear, and it looks like you're drinking hot water, but it tastes like tea, so yeah. it must be very good for you, full of antioxidants.
0: So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, right. Are you
1: going to edit any of this before you actually put it on your podcast?
0: Of course not. <laughs> You know I don't edit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I got two more podcasts to do tonight. <laughs> this is you my really? yeah. This is my second or third one today already.
1: Don't you get awfully
0: bored? No, don't I mean work.
1: listening to idiots like me prattle on for hours on end.
0: No, this is high quality entertainment. This is a service to humanity that I'm providing. Uh
1: huh. Not unlike restrooms at garage or gas stations.
0: Oh, much better than that, though.
1: I don't know. I get a lot of relief from some of those. <laughs> yeah. I
0: i mean, you, you know, I'm, I i missed the days, though, of going into those restrooms and being able to read poetry.
1: Oh, I know. Remember, to, remember when uh,
0: people used to write poetry in the bathrooms, on the walls?
1: Yeah. Some of it was pretty... Uh, rude, but yeah, they did.
0: Yeah. That was great. People, <laughs> pe- people don't have that kind of creativity anymore.
1: Graffiti in college is crap. No, it's not that they don't have that kind of creativity anymore, but they've designed bathrooms now where it's almost impossible to write anything on anything. They have these high gloss, slippery surfaces where you try to do it with a permanent marker and it beads up. Trust me, I've tried it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So you're the so, guy behind those poems.
1: Some of them. But um, I, I like I, the one about missing the bus and being all brokenhearted. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, college graffiti was terrible. I remember in one stall, the graffiti said, There is no gravity. The earth sucks. I thought, well, that's kind of crap, you know? <laughs> <I>
2: mean,
1: <laughs> <laughs> No pun intended, but uh, yeah, I mean, I thought, what, what does that even really mean, you know? And another one was said, um, if we don't have a revolution every 20 years, this world is doomed. He was a Maoist. Red China was real big at the time, and so was mm-hmm. Mao. But um, I, I just, I mean, the graffiti in college, I liked the stuff in high school a lot better. Junior high was good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Some of the pictures were quite interesting. I would sit there and study them at length. Sex education.
0: I learned that's where I learned everything I know. Yeah, me too.
1: That and listening to people around me <laughs> who didn't know anything more than I did. <sighs> Growing up is not an easy process
0: for anyone, is it? Yeah, but I don't know how people do it now without the, those type of aids. You know, like bathroom graffiti. Well,
1: they have the internet. I, a kid who's 11, 10 years old can watch more porn on the internet than I saw in my entire life up until the age of 30. And they can see that more than that in half an hour. I mean, oh, I, I remember I had, when I used I had to look at the store. series catalog at the, at the girls in underwear in, mm-hmm. in the series catalog. That was my porn of the day. Wow. Well, I, used, I know, pretty I, pathetic.
0: I used to go to the video store and just rent them.
1: We didn't have video.
0: (laughs) You had video stores.
1: (laughs) We didn't. Not when I was a kid. We had TV, but uh, I remember black and white TV. I do too. The the tail end of it. But then my father was kind of cheap. He didn't want to get a color TV until they were, um, what was the term you used? Until they were perfected and I said, they keep changing models every year. You could go on forever waiting for it to be perfected, because they're always upgrading them. I said, let's get a uh, stupid color TV, for God's sake, man. (laughs) He listened to you? Yeah, he actually did. We got a color TV, finally. Trouble was, a lot of the shows still weren't in color at the time, but Bonanza was. I liked Bonanza for a while. got tired of it. I
0: don't know. What were your
1: favorite shows as a
0: kid? Um In Search of with Leonard Nimoy.
1: That was like nineteen seventies,
0: wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's yes, when I was a kid. Uh what else?
1: Me, um, it was the sixties.
0: Six million dollar man.
1: Yeah, I remember that. Um Six Million Dollar Woman.
0: Yeah, that one too.
1: I see um, if they ever get him at a discount.
0: What was another one? Starsky and Hutch.
1: Yeah, I like that. Um, the Mod Squad. I remember that? Yeah, Squad.
0: The real Mission Impossible. Before Tom yeah, Cruise. Yeah, I like the
1: real Mission Impossible, yeah. I don't like the Tom well, Cruise stuff, though. Um, the first couple were okay, but they became more and more CGI and more and more ridiculous. It's, do, you ever, do you ever listen to the uh, YouTube? Do you ever listen to the Critical Drinker? No. He's Scottish, and he has the most hilarious and yet incisive critiques of shows like star trek and the movies not the tv shows mm-hmm. he liked the old star trek series absolutely hates uh i um, sorry star wars hates the reboot absolutely can't find any he hates all the fact that they've done away with plots and 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 any kind of meaningful characters and they've got these cardboard cutout diverse characters as he likes to call them that uh, don't add anything to it, but they're just there because as tokens. And he says they don't add to the plot necessarily. Like he was talking about the uh, the last, uh, what was it, um, the last James Bond movie? Yeah.
0: I didn't and he said that, that
1: um, I didn't either, I didn't want to. I, I was kind of bored with James Bond because they had been going to CGI. He said it's full of stunts that would permanently cripple and lame anyone who actually tried to do them. But he walks away and dusts himself off. Um, there are diverse characters the new james bond for instance is a black woman in there and um he says there's so many good black actresses why they picked her, he didn't know but it was just for diversity apparently
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um <clears throat> she added nothing to it he called her a wooden plank but um he's um uh, quite out there i mean he does carry things to extreme at times but I do kind of agree with him. A lot of the movies these days, the Marvel movies and stuff, to me seem to be all CGI and no plot. And plot three seems to be fantastic. For instance, um, the uh, movie Harley Quinn,
2: mm-hmm. she
1: goes to an abandoned fun uh, carnival. Long abandoned, you know? A lot like New Jersey should be. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they somehow managed to turn everything on and it works just fine. And they have this big fight scene on all these rides and fun outs and stuff. It's like, He says, shouldn't those have stopped working? The power been cut off years before this. I mean, he does bring out these points that it just isn't very believable anymore. They're relying on CJ. And he says also, she's about four foot nine, the character Harley Quinn. And she knocks out 20, 200 plus pound guys who are trained assassins. And, she does, and, and he says, not only is that unbelievable, but it's unbelievable, instead of attacking her in mass, they each come at her one by one, and they're swinging and chopping at her, and she evades them all and with one punch, she floors each one of them, one by one, and this is what I have been seeing in these DC movies and Marvel movies, I don't watch them anymore I'm burnt out of them, I just
0: don't yeah, I CGI don't really is great, anymore.
1: but it only carries you so far, the new Star Trek reboot
0: I wasn't crazy about were you? Not really I, I don't even really watch that many movies anymore, honestly.
1: what do you do? I mean, besides porn
0: I don't even really do porn that much i I, I record podcasts I mean i'm recording I record five podcasts a day and I work?
1: Well, give me your um, address, and I'll send you that poison.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, your room seems a little sterile too, except for the Buddha, but then maybe you're into the minimalist
0: few things? No, I'm still unpacking.
1: The never-ending job of unpacking? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and, yeah, and, that's,
1: it. And, that's and, it. And,
0: and I have to buy more stuff, and I'm out of money right now. So, But, but the, I, it'll world. take a couple years for things to get back to normal. Oh,
1: I just got my royalty checks today from a couple places, so I'm, I'm kind of upbeat. That's good. I'm kind of roll, rolling in the dough right now. Yeah, I got it from Smashwords, and I got it from Permuted Press for my uh, science fiction trilogy and my uh, nonfiction book *Invader Moon* with them,
2: hmm. and
1: uh, that was that was a nice hefty little check. Smashwords wasn't too bad. Amazon still waiting on, and that's usually the best one, so that's cool.
0: Yeah, I I got to write, write. Oh, I have one book out, *Enlightenment Guaranteed*, and I'm going to be writing what another one called *bewilderment Guaranteed*.
1: Say those titles again nice. in English.
0: Enlightenment guaranteed.
1: What does that mean?
0: Enlightenment.
1: I know what enlightenment means. Guaranteed. What's enlightenment guaranteed. Yeah. Well, I, you guarantee I guarantee
0: enli- if you buy my book and you read it, and if you don't reach enlightenment, I'll give you your money back.
1: What a grifter! <laughs> Have you ever given your money back to anybody? <laughs>
0: yes, of course. Uh huh.
1: Of course not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will. Uh, i I can read. I one. have a bridge in Brooklyn. I want to sell you. So, uh, but yeah, it's I, old, but it's you know, makes no, it a nice stipend.
0: Well, if you read it, you'll understand. It'll change your life for the better or the worse. <laughs> well, that's up to you <laughs> on what you do with that knowledge.
1: Oh, it's what you get out of it. Uh, yeah.
0: mm-hmm.
1: What is it about, basically? I'd like to know.
0: Now I'm being the host. so You're being the. Being the author. <laughs> This is why they wanted you to be the host of some other show. Remember, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not your show, some other show. <laughs> yeah, like, what was it? Like I remember, like that one time you caved me off like a, a three-hour podcast because you were practicing for some kind of thing, and then you, know, you turned it down. I forget what it was. This was when I first interviewed you. You're uh, are you talking
1: a year, about a year and Junior Gregatus? For Junior Gregatis, I did a. Uh... I did a, uh, several interviews that were lengthy, a couple hours each. With
0: Jim. No, no, you did a three-hour one oh. with me. And afterwards, you said you were doing it because somebody had offered you some kind of radio show or something. And and then after being on with me, you decided not to do it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, and I'm, and just gonna, yeah, I'm a writer. Yeah,
1: oh, and, you know, and, and that poor man died, too. He, uh, he died this he, year. He just, did? Uh, a few months ago. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Supposed to have been quite wealthy. He uh, was supposed to have been the one who discovered Adele.
0: And he discovered you too. Hmm. Did I lose you? Where'd you go? You're on mute, Rob. Come back.
1: Oh, you're right. I don't. I must have laid my finger on the mouse. <laughs> no, he, uh, he. He called me his little treasure and tried to take me out in the backyard and bury me, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> No, he did not discover me. But he had a radio show in Tennessee, in Memphis, mm-hmm. Memphis Radio,
0: and I was on that a couple times. Hmm.
1: I was on one last night out the California, California Haunts. So you I heard. heard of it? I heard. Yeah,
0: I heard it. You're going to be speaking at a MUFON event.
1: Yes, I am. I am going to speak at one in February. The year. I was invited to.
0: That's amazing. Uh,
1: speak at it. So you are
0: so you you're, so you gonna be there with like um David Hatcher Childress and Kathleen Martin and all kinds of great people.
2: Wow.
1: Wow. <laughs> I've met Travis Walton, I've met Nick Pope, I've met you know, I I'm not famous, but I have been around. And not just the red light district of Louisiana <laughs> New Orleans. <laughs> I've, 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 I mean, I did. Nick Pope? Is I did do a show in Hollywood.
0: You did? Hmm?
1: Yeah. I was invited out. Uh, they wanted me to be the on camera expert for a new um, UFO series that they were doing for the um, uh, Ancient. ancient Well, the History Channel, but it was like an Ancient Aliens kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I went out and they filmed me for three and a half hours straight and then they take excerpts of that and put it in each one of the shows. It's going to be a series of eight shows. But apparently, it was shelved because the COVID thing hit, and they haven't been able to get on with it. But I don't care. I got what I wanted out of it. So that's cool. Got to see Hollywood, though. Yeah, and then also I have been. Uh, I've spoke at the Library of Congress in Washington D.C. by invitation. I was at the Sky and Space Conference in Baltimore. I have done presentations at lots of places, and this one in Maryland's just another one. Wow. I do it to promote my books. I really don't like doing these things. No. Well, there's a lot of lead up to it. <clears throat> and some of them want to discuss books that I've written like 10 years ago, so I have to get the darn book out and have to go through the books to remember what I wrote. Because it's been a long time since I did, Not you know, I some of these books. Yeah, and uh, I've written a lot of books since. And uh, they never seem to want to do my latest. They always want to do something that I wrote like 9 years ago, mm-hmm. 10 years ago. Or they want to do something I've done three nights in a row and I really don't want to do it again on another night, but I do. So, uh, But some shows I like. I like your show. I did not like Coast to Coast, I'll be honest with you.
0: Yeah, I, I hear that all the time. Because a lot of my guests have been on Coast to Coast and they all sort of don't like doing it. I mean, I, mean, I, wanted to, I guess it's, like, it's late at night, obviously.
1: Well, not only is it late at night, it's four hours long.
0: It's, it's, yeah, it's long.
1: And you get people calling in and asking questions and you have to sort of become like an encyclopedia. You have to know who they're talking about, what they're talking about, when it happened and all the details and facts of some obscure thing that maybe happened 30 years ago. And I mean, I'm pretty much up on everything that I I write about. I mean, I research it thoroughly and I'm really into it. I was in MUFON myself. I was a field investigator. So I'm not without a background in, in my fields. But... I mean, you can't remember all of that on, 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 the, on, on a dime, you know, no, at, at, a, at an instant. And uh, although I do pretty well because they had me back a total of three times. But uh, it is far as long. It's very fatiguing. It was from midnight to four in the morning. And I wasn't even allowed to plug my book at the end of the show. He cut me off. That sucked. Boy, that ticked me off. Yeah. yeah, that did suck, yeah. He got what he wanted out of me, but I didn't get what I wanted. I mean, 44 million listeners, and I couldn't say my new book is. Click. You know. Was it, it was,
0: with, was it with George? <laughs> yep. Did he cut you off a lot when you were talking?
1: Uh, he would talk over me whenever he felt like it. He would bring up all sorts of weird stuff. Although, I have to admit, he did ask me what I thought about the hollow moon theory, and I laughed it off. But it got me interested started researching, and I've written three books on it. So I can't say that it didn't help me along to be on the show. Yeah, um, My sales of my books did go up as well, too. I mean, he, he wasn't rude or anything. He, he was quite nice. But uh, I just found it extremely exhausting to be on that show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, my whole next day was a wipeout. I mean, I didn't get to bed till 5 in the morning.
0: Yeah, I, wouldn't you know, I was really up know. like
1: 24 hours straight. Yeah, and uh, I was I, grateful to be on the show. You know. Have you have you been on it?
0: I have not been on it. But well, I don't know if I, I would be on it because I sort of run parallel. Like a lot of my guests are the same people that he gets. So I, I don't know if I'd be considered a competitor of Coast to Coast or or a
1: Oh, they're highly competitive. You're not to speak the name of another radio show when you're on their show,
0: ever. Or or if I would be considered something like, uh, I don't know what the word for it is, but, you know, I'm just sort of like alongside of them, sort of. You know what I mean? I don't know what the word for it is, but.
1: Well, I've done the whole circuit. I was on Art Bell's show, Midnight in the Desert. Mm -hmm. I was on on the spinoff of that um, with Heather Wade, was it? Right. Uh, the Kingdom of uh, kingdom of Nye. And uh, I was on uh, Midnight in the Jesuit several times. I've been on uh, Coast to Coast several times. I've been on shows out of New York, shows out of Chicago, and a number of shows out of England as well. Hmm. So uh, it's amazing what you can do with the internet these days. Yeah, so, See, I just uh,
0: I just did an appearance recently on somebody else's podcast. I've recently just sort of started doing other people's stuff from a
1: well, you are quite good at uh, or interacting with whoever you're talking to, give and take kind of thing. I should think you'd be popular on a lot of shows. That's
0: what they want from guests, mostly, it seems. I'm learning, you know. I mean, for a long time, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so busy creating my own content. A lot of it is just an issue of time. Um, I have a regular job, so I can't be up all night. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Time
1: is the stuff of life. Do not squander it. Yeah. But it's, it's cool. You know where that comes from? That comes from a sign posted at the gate to the Ashley Plantation and Gone with the Wind. I've never been there. Time is the stuff of life. I haven't been there either. It doesn't exist. It's a book in a
0: movie. <laughs> I didn't know that either. So you hit gone me Gone with these... the Wind? Oh, no, I, you know what? I've never, I've never sat through it. But here's a fact that I know you don't know Clark Gable. Is my cousin. Mm-hmm.
1: I never liked Clark Gable.
0: <laughs> ah. I mean, I look just like him.
1: Yeah. Again, we're in fantasy land. You really have got to see that court appointed You know, um, they did a recent poll on the best movies of all time. And do you know Gone with the Wind is still number one? Really? Even now, currently?
0: I could never sit through it.
1: As of like a couple of years ago,
0: you know. You
1: know so. yeah. It's a great movie.
0: I'm not saying it's not a great movie, but I'm not going to sit through it.
1: Why? Hemorrhoids? Well,
0: <laughs> no, not hemorrhoids, you know. <laughs> I, I, I had surgery for that, so I'm okay there now.
1: Uh, you better know, huh? Yeah. All better. <laughs> a retreat, <regret>. okay? <laughs> You know, if you air all of this, it's going to kill my career. Such as it is. <laughs> well, lucky
0: for you, I, don't, I, don't no great loss. I, I do not edit, but people will actually have to make it to the end. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, there is that. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's, <laughs> at, some, at, at, at some point, people are going to say, all right, I've had enough.
1: <laughs> you, you don't think they want to keep on hanging on every word, every pearl of wisdom dropping from my lips?
0: No, but I think they might want to do that because of mine. Because they know uh, they know that I'm always going to say something profound that's going to change their life. And again,
1: that court And
0: I'm going to back it. Up to I'm going, going to back stuff. it up with a guarantee, or I'll give them their money back for this podcast episode if they don't like it.
1: Have you ha, ha, have you actually given money back on your book? Have people said I didn't get anything out of the book? I want my money back.
0: <laughs> Maybe one. Maybe none okay none look at you trying to think <laughs> <laughs> see people can't see me though <laughs> i should have no, turned but the I camera can see you.
1: <laughs> you're looking up at the ceiling your eyes are kind of blank and you're staring off into the distance like oh, is there one there has to have been one i don't
0: <laughs> but, so how how is the book selling i don't know I don't, I don't even check
1: i check on amazon and SmashWord. i have them send me notifications yeah. I have books under pen names, too, so I get, I get sales from uh, books under the name, uh, uh, different names. I write different genres under different – I don't do – I do cozy murder mysteries, but I don't do them under my name.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I do them under a pen name. And, uh, and I've written a few erotica as well, too, oh. and most authors have. It's, it's your bread and butter. They sell. Do you know yeah. one of mine hit number one?
0: Do you write them under a male her? name or a female name? I write them under a female name. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with me. And, and uh, it's not easy either. Well, most of the... I are guess, like, 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 like Roberta Poontag.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> it's my initials, but it isn't Roberta Poontag. <laughs>
0: Uh, so so that would be, let's see, um, Roselle Spinkteress. You're getting
1: closer. No, it wouldn't be Spinkteress.
0: Roseanne spinteress.
1: It's Rose Renee Shelley, if you have to know. Her. And I haven't written any lately, but uh, yeah, they're on the internet, my cozy murder mysteries. And then I do the erotica. Erotica sells well especially believe it or not to the female population rather than the male. Oh, yeah, so they actually. like books written by women, so I use a woman's pen name.
0: Yeah, sure yeah, you have well. to.
1: But um, and I've, I've also <laughs> ghostwritten books for a lot of people.
0: Well, maybe you could ghostwrite my next
1: book. Maybe I couldn't. <laughs> Cuz I don't feel like. Well, you writing know there's a, there's a there's a pub in England in Devon. It's the oldest pub in Devon uh, and it is haunted and I stayed there, and the owner approached me and asked me if I wouldn't write a book about it. The name of the pub is the Oxenham Arms. Oxen, I can never say that. Oxenham, Oxenham Arms. It's a real tongue twister. I stayed there and still can't say it. But this was used to be part of the monastery, the guest house for a monastery, and it dates back to the 13th century. It was really cool staying there.
0: And you wrote the book? I'm writing it. Because I'm
1: going to England in March, and I plan to stay there again, and I want to give it to him as a gift. It's not going to be a big book; it's going to be a shorter one. Well, that's cool. But yeah, yeah. The the guy who founded it was a pirate. Well, he was a um, what was the term the British used a privateer. Mm-hmm. They didn't call him pirates. They did they pirated from the Spanish, but they gave a portion to Queen Elizabeth, so they weren't pirates. They were privateers. So, but he founded it. But there's the stone of Mehir M E H I R. It's built right into the thing, and it's 5,000 years old. Wow. And it's supposed to be warm and vibrate, and I touched it, and it is warm. I didn't feel vibration, but it is warm. And in England, that's something, because most of their buildings are pretty darn cold. But, um, yeah, I stayed there. It was uh, quite an experience, and we found out it was an author. He looked me up, and then he asked if I would write a book about it, so I'm in the process of that. I like to write about a lot of things. I'm very esoteric, you know, and uh, eclectic Right. So,
0: have you ever written a book on tantric sex? No, but I've tried it. Worst
1: backache of my entire life.
0: <laughs> I have a guest coming on, actually. I think there's some time this week we can covering that topic. I've never covered it before.
1: What kind of podcast are you running?
0: Everything imaginable.
1: Apparently.
0: I mean, I've, had, I've, I've, a- I've, had, I've, had, I've had people that drink their own pee on this show. They did it
1: on the
2: show?
0: Yes, yes. Actually, he did. I've, I've had two people do it on my show. You're in trouble now. Well, apparently, appa- apparently, if you age it properly, it has health benefits.
1: I'm sorry, but it's a waste product. No species, no organism can survive in its own waste products. Try it. Try living in a cesspool for a year or even a month. See how long it last. Mm-hmm. No organism can survive in its own waste. It can sometimes survive in other ways. Like plants like human waste and fertilizer, you know, from cows and mm-hmm. sheep and chickens mm-hmm. and pigs, but they don't like their own waste. The, the plant cannot survive in its own waste. So drinking your own urine probably is not the way to go. I don't know. In my opinion.
0: I know people that do it. I've had them on my show, so I've covered everything.
1: And did it entice you to do it? No. Wouldn't you have to be pretty well endowed to be able to drink your own
0: urine? Well, you do it in a jar, and you got to age it for six months.
1: Oh, you do. Yeah,
0: yeah. You have to let it ferment. But there's
1: ammonia and uric acid in it. How can that be healthy? I don't know.
0: I, I don't notice signs. science not,
1: not to not to mention the taste. Did you ask them how they stomach the taste?
0: They they yeah I get used to it slowly. But yeah, that was like one of the first things I asked. <laughs> I bet it was. <laughs> But, but but it was an amazing <laughs> show. Like this guy sitting there with a, a mason jar with, with 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 this old pea which was all brown and had this like this white film on the top. It was real crusty looking. And he's oh, just and he was just woofing it down.
2: <laughs> uh, what did he look
1: like? He looked, the old and terrible looking no no I, I, I
0: mean that's one of the things that he says the benefit is that it keeps him looking young, and he was about seventy well, years I old
1: it's like formaldehyde
0: and, 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 and he was about seventy years old, and he looked pretty young hmm. so so I don't know I mean I'm not going to do it, but you know
1: have you thought about getting blood transfusions uh, from young people it's supposed to make you he- younger and healthier
3: No, I want
0: to keep the blood I have. Oh. I have no idea why. I like my blood.
1: What blood type are you? I don't even know. You don't know your blood type and you're 50-something years old?
0: 53.
1: 53. And you had operation surgery and you still don't know your blood type?
0: Minor surgery. It was a freaking hemorrhoid. It's not like they're giving yeah, me a blood transfusion for a hemorrhoid.
1: I don't know. It depends on the hemorrhoid.
0: <laughs> I've
1: heard something swell up and it like a balloon. but uh, said it was you pretty know. big. Yeah, so you um, don't know your blood type?
0: No. I wouldn't even know how to find when out.
1: You get it typed at your local doctor. Next time you go, it takes like 10 seconds.
0: I don't know. I don't have a doctor. I don't even have health insurance. I just moved.
1: Oh, yeah, there's that. Yeah, does your new occupation supply you with health insurance?
0: After 90 days. I mean, days. does it kick in after an probation period? Or? Yeah, after 90 days.
1: Yeah. So, if you ended up in the hospital with COVID, you'd be up the proverbial creek without the proverbial paddle, huh?
0: That no, won't happen. I mean, I've had COVID twice. I'm vaccinated. I want to get the booster.
1: You're going um, to get it? You haven't had it yet?
0: No, yeah. I've been busy.
1: Hmm. I mean... <laughs> I'm sure that'll be in your eulogy at your funeral. (laughs) He wanted to get his crummy shot, but he was too busy. (laughs) Um,
0: I have podcasts to do. I mean, I have
1: podcasts. I mean,
0: if I if I I did get it, it would be, you know, because I had podcasts to do. Because I have to serve humanity first.
1: Yeah, apparently, up to the aliens is a form of delicacy. Have you ever been to Tombstone, Arizona? Have you ever been to Tombstone, Arizona?
0: No, I've never been to Arizona. I plan on I plan on going soon to go to the Grand Canyon to look for the lost cave of G.E. Kincaid. Good luck.
1: It would take you weeks. People have spent months down in there. It's from horizon to horizon in, in all sorts of directions. The thing is, uh, I know where you see at. pictures of the Grand Canyon, and 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 you know where it's at. Yeah, you have a map.
0: I have a mile marker, but yeah, I know where it's at. A
1: mile marker, really? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we know where it's. where
1: did you get that from?
0: <laughs> I've interviewed three hundred and fifty freaking people.
1: Man. <laughs> yeah, but if they knew where it's at, why didn't they go there and bring back tro- uh, trophies of booty, you know, it, whatever? It's, 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 Plunder.
0: I've already had my 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 co-host Jared has already been out there, and um, has he found the cave? We 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 have to. Um, they they've sealed it off. They've closed it. So in order to find it, we're going to have to use thermal imaging.
1: Well, good luck with that because if the inside of the cave is colder than the outside and there's a solid that, wall how, of rock That's how we'll know. You,
0: we'll, we'll, just, we'll, we'll be able to detect a cold spot. That's exactly why we're going to do it that way. We're going to do it at night.
1: Um, you don't think the heat reflecting off the exterior rock wall
0: would... We're, go, we're doing it the at night.
1: That?
0: So, we're, we're going to...
1: Oh, you're like that Polish joke where they said they, everyone's claiming they're going to Mars and to Venus and the Polish representative said, yes, we're going to the sun. And he said, you can't go to the sun. He goes, ah, it's too hot, too bright. He goes, ah, but we're going to do it at night.
0: Well, no. I, I mean, if, <laughs> you, if you do it at night in the winter.
1: It'll be cold and dark.
0: Yeah. We'll figure it out. We have a plan. I, I have people working uh, on this. People that are smarter than me.
1: Right. Oh, well, that's good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean Jared. Yeah. Have Jared working. Jared's working on it. Do um,
1: you think he's plotting to take over? Hmm? Think he's going to make a coup and steal your podcast, Jared? Yeah, could if he's if he's that bright? They, they usually have ambition. Bright people. Yeah, think well. he's aiming for your seat.
0: Nah, I trust Jared. I would trust Jared with my life. I have to because we're going to be jumping off the side of that freaking canyon tied to a rope.
1: Oh, you actually gonna do that?
0: Yes. Can you rock climb? I've never done it, but he can. He know. knows how to do it. You've never done it, so
1: you want me to attend your funeral?
0: <laughs> and, and I only have one you're leg. You the
1: Grand Canyon. You into. The, you only have one leg. Yeah. What happened to the other one? I lost it. Seriously?
0: Yeah. Stage diving at a Ramones concert. That's
1: not true, is it? Yeah. Don't give me that penetrating look. That doesn't
0: cut any ice with me. <laughs> what, do, do, do you want to see my stump?
1: No, but I mean, do you really? Did you have you really? I mean, leg? are
0: you, you going to really make me show you my stump?
1: You know, I mean, losing a finger is something that can be considered, you know, an act of um, an, a- an accident. But losing a whole leg is more like negligence to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no I, I, I physically still have the leg,
1: <laughs> just not
0: on you <laughs> yeah no no, it's a hobby you have i to I, I in the basement <laughs> I don't have full feeling in the leg
1: oh you actually dove off a what did you dive off of at a concert it was a stage Could have well, been the stage cause it, you it was a, you the you stage
0: performing. yeah, yeah. It, was, it was it was it was at a Ramon show, and it was really, really hot. And I guess the air conditioner was broken in the club or something. So they were, like, you know, throwing water on people in the front to try to keep them cool from passing out. And then the people in the back were, like, slamming people into the stage. So the um, security were just pulling people up on the stage and then throwing them off into the crowd, hoping that that the crowd would, like, you know, crowd surf you to the back of the room to get you out of that heat and being, you know, keep you from dying. But but eventually, people got tired of that and would just move when he threw the stage, and you just land on the floor. Did you bounce? No, I did not (laughs) bounce. It was a concrete floor.
1: How old were you when you did this?
0: I guess I was about twenty-four. So basically, you
1: were a slow learner.
0: Oh, I was a fast learner.
1: Uh huh. 24 years old, and you're at a rock concert, and you got bounced off the floor from the
0: stage? It could happen to anybody.
1: Oh, I'm sure it could, if they were attending a concert like that and going through How high were you when this was going
0: on? Oh, the stage really wasn't that high. Oh, I'd say the stage was maybe three feet. I mean, how high were you, personally? Oh, I wasn't high at all. I was sober. But, Were you? Yeah. And you let
1: them throw you off the stage.
0: It's not like you have a choice. These guys are like 200, 300-pound bouncers. Big Ed was you huge.
1: Actually paid. You actually what? paid to, do, to have this done to you?
0: Well, it just happened. Like, when you're at those kind of shows, you don't know what's going to happen. That's part of the, the fun.
1: You know, you were saying you wonder how the kids today survive. I'm wondering how you survived.
0: I don't know. I mean, it was something I would do a couple nights a week.
1: You're like a walking apocalypse, waiting for a location. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it it, 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 it it is a wonder that I'm alive. Actually, it is true. You know, I, I wonder about. Wonder I, I, I wonder about it also. You know, but I'm yeah, here. Well,
1: I mean, we all do stupid things when we're kids, but I stopped doing them by the time I was 24.
0: Yeah, I did. I was you just apparently lingered on. Oh yeah, I I still do. I still go to shows stage dive.
1: Don't the other people say, oh, look at that old man jumping off the
0: <laughs> They do. <laughs> it's the coolest thing. I'm like I'm like the cool old guy that's willing to do it, you know?
1: <laughs> of course, you went with the great, Grateful Dead. Everyone in the audience is the same age, but uh, if you're going to some current rock groups. Name a rock band that you really like that's current.
0: Depends on what you consider current.
1: I Last five years, ten years. I say ten years.
0: I don't know. Probably none. Well, maybe Mono Lord. I think they're probably pretty new. Um, Acid Mammoth.
2: I
1: kind of gave it up in the early two thousands as to liking new groups. I just haven't found many new. I mean, I I like the Nirvana, you know, and Pearl Jam, and uh, Pink Floyd, uh, the Eagles, all that kind of stuff. Led Zeppelin. Mick Jagger, you know, that kind of stuff. But, I love that uh, stuff, too. But the, the music now seems... You have heard of the Millennial Whoop, right? No. I had a friend, he's quite young, and he was in his early 20s, and he'd play this music all the time, and, I, and I'd say, Randy, why does all your music sound the same? It doesn't sound the same. I said, yeah, it does. It all sounds like the same tune, slightly different, but nothing original, nothing no real good instrumentation or orchestration or uh, riffs or anything like that. I go, Ooh, it's it's kind of like pap. And um, he, he, he argued with me. He said, no, it's not the case. And then on YouTube, they had this video, and they were talking about the millennial whoop. It, they, why do all millennials' music sound the same? And the reason it sounds the same is because it is. They have hit on a formula that people like. They like, uh, they like a song that they're familiar with. So they have these five notes in these songs, and you must have heard them. It sort of goes like uh, like that, mm-hmm. and it repeats. And it, All sorts of songs, it's, it's Millennial Whoop. It's because corporations now run the recording business, and the corporations want something that they know is going to be a success. So not only do they take this song, but they'll blast it everywhere at once, on YouTube, on the radio, on any kind of media they can find. They'll put it in TV shows. They'll be in commercials and you get to where it's so familiar to you that you learn to like it and then it sells but this this millennial whoop is a real thing and it actually exists And I look, there's all sorts of uh, videos on YouTube about it, you have to check them out That's or amazing. look it up in, on, in Wikipedia, it mentions it in Wikipedia
0: this could be an episode yes it could be hmm.
1: it's, uh, let me see if I can find it real fast millennial whoop it came right up. So, Millennial Whoop songs, Millennial Whoop TikTok, Millennial Whoop uh, arcade, uh, there's all sorts of things.
2: Hmm.
1: It is... Um, the Millennial Whoop is uh, a vocal melodic pattern alternating between the fifth and third notes in a major scale, typically starting on the fifth in the rhythm of straight eighth notes and often used the wa wa or the wa o syllables. It was used extensively in the 2010s and... 20 teens so and they, they, they say it's literally killing pop music <coughs> it's called the Millennial Whoop so check it out that's Quick so weird. That. Hmm. yeah interesting if you hear noise in the background it's aliens at my door yeah I don't
0: know. actually they're cats but I mostly just listen like uh stoner rock
1: now and what would be an example of that
0: um Electric Wizard, Sleep, Clutch. I, don't
2: know.
0: I mean, they're all older bands. They've all been around for a long time. It's just sort of mm-hmm. an obscure Caius. You may have heard of Caius or Queens of the Stone Age. That's sort of what where did it started. What do you
2: think of uh, Pink
1: Floyd? I, I really like Pink Floyd. I used
0: to. I used to love Pink Floyd. <laughs> used good. to. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, like that was used. Sort of, sort of falls into the oh, sorry, stoner That almost fall into the stoner category like stoners would listen to Pink Floyd
1: well of course like songs like Comfortably Numb mm-hmm. which is about taking heroin yeah you know you feel a little pinprick mm-hmm. you know, feel a little sick and, uh, I mean uh, I was on a radio show where they were discussing Hotel California and what it meant
0: it's about a hotel in California <laughs> I think Motel Hell right where to eat the people No. Think it through. Think of the words, the lyrics. Hmm. A hooker?
1: I can see what your thoughts are. (laughs) Hotel Hell and a hooker.
0: I don't know. Never really thought about it.
1: Hotel California really means Southern California. And it's talking about the fact that you get absorbed into it and it's decadent. You can check out any time you like, but you can't ever leave. Hmm. She has a lot of... uh, Pretty, pretty boys she calls men. You know, if you listen to the lyrics, it's pretty self-declaratory. And it was their attempt to talk about the decadence and degeneracy that they experienced in their time in Southern
0: California and L.A. Hmm. I'll have to revisit that song.
1: Yeah, listen to the
0: lyrics sometime.
1: Call it up on YouTube and get one where it shows the lyrics, and that way you can really follow it pretty closely. Yeah. Yeah. So, have we had enough chat for the well,
0: evening? We have. I have to go and babysit my goddaughter and then come back and do another podcast.
1: You're not going to feed her to the aliens, are you?
0: Oh, no. She's too cute. I love her. <laughs> Only the ugly <other> ones. <laughs> yeah, I like her. You're an ugly little kid. The aliens are going to get you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, now if you do broadcast all of this, I will sue you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it is. I don't edit it. I don't have time to edit, man. But nobody, make it. <laughs> but nobody, nobody's going to make it to the end, so don't worry about
1: it. Oh, well, it's all in good humor. Yeah. That's my story and I'm sticking to it.
0: <laughs> Mine too. Well, mine's all real. And um, I'm guilty of everything that I'm accused of.
1: Well, luckily I'm not, but people say I am. Yeah, I'm
0: guilty. Guilty is charged. It's be decided in the
1: courts. Well, we'll see what, what the judge says. And I'm okay with it. it. Are you? Yeah. Are you okay with your life right now?
0: I am okay with my life right now. I'm pretty content.
1: Yeah, me too. Me too. That's a, That's saying a lot, you know, in this day and age. It really is. Yeah. My so, thanks for your blessings.
0: Yeah, life is nice. I can't complain.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, well, you take care. Me and too. um let me know when you're gonna air this because I have to know Let's when to see. contact it it'll be orders.
0: out, see tomorrow <laughs> that's to, to, tomorrow is the dog trainer and the next day is you
1: I'm on a show where you have dog trainers
0: afterwards at the next episode the dog, this guy it was it was um the the dog trainer of enlightenment like you train your dog how to become enlightened
1: Yeah. You and that word enlightenment, you're stuck on it. Yeah. That would explain the Buddha in the <laughs> but, but this was
0: a real guest. You know, he, he wrote the book. It just came out a couple well, weeks I'm ago. I'm sure
1: he
2: did. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, you have everything imaginable, so you really do have everything imaginable.
0: Yeah, how can I say no to that?
1: However, if I ever am on your show live, please don't give me any free urine samples.
0: Okay. <laughs> You, you, you can always say no.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> I wouldn't want to <laughs> get you all po'd at me.
0: <laughs> well, you take care, Gary. You too. <laughs> this has been interesting. Oh, before we wrap, up, from my, where can my listeners uh, find you?
1: I would just say go to Amazon or Smashwords. They can just or type my name on Google. Tons of stuff comes up. You can just pick and choose. So, including so what, your podcast what was that?
0: Ro- Roseanne Shelsky? No, it wasn't Roseanne Shelsky, It was Roseanne Barr.
1: <laughs> I'm a comedian on the side. My alter ego. <laughs> and no, I'm not going to repeat that because if they don't know it by now, they're not going to know it. So we'll leave it at that.
0: I thought <laughs> I recognized the voice.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to start doing audiobooks
0: soon. But It's Rob Shelsky that people should be Googling.
1: Yes, or look me up on Amazon, or don't look me up at all. It's strictly up to them. After this podcast, I imagine my career as an author is probably KO'd pretty quickly. No, it'll be fine. (laughs)
0: You're, I'm sure I'm
1: not, actually I'm not I'm not worried about it. I am it. sure, I I, be sure
0: after respect. this episode your book sales will skyrocket.
1: Yeah, except it, I think the root name fact, is Nosedive.
0: I, I guarantee <laughs> it. I'll give you your money back.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> I still haven't gotten it off that book you wrote yet. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> Well, you
2: take care, guy.
0: You too. Hang on for one second. got to play the outro. <laughs> oh,
2: okay.
3: <laughs> <coughs> Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or message him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. You can buy t shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the cost of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of this page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. You can also buy the book Enlightenment Guarantee. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need. You can find it on Amazon and it will change your life. Because remember, everything that it says whispers imagined. If you loved what you listened to today, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Again, thank you for listening to everything imaginable.
2: Is that